0: <laughs> uh, so i wanted to s- say this before i forget um there's a sign in the uh planting the what do you call it landscaping <laughs> landscaping yeah. landscaping nearby that just says dog pee kills <laughs> 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 uh, right. welcome
1: to i don't hate this the avantis guard podcast don't get killed by dog pee. I'm Nina off.
0: And. Uh, <laughs> Who are you? I'm Eric Wenzel. Welcome. Thank you. Today we are joined by. <laughs> I got going good for a second <laughs> Um. I'm Eric Wenzel. Welcome to I Don't Hate This, the Avantist Guard podcast. See, the whole time I'm like, we can just cut this out. And then everyone's like, no, leave it in. Yeah, it does, does this always happen? Yeah, yes, this, it happens. happens every episode. He can't like say his date. own name. I clam up.
1: That's why we have to get it rolling. We All gotta right. get it chugging along. All just right, get it and, it will and action. We need a warm
0: up. start over again yeah <laughs> i hope From you guys i top. hope you guys do leave this and this
2: yeah. is uh, maybe it's just entertaining to watch okay. <laughs> that's okay. what people mean when they're
1: like i love listening to watch us to flounder team. like yeah. we have no dog paddling but not peeing <laughs> this is i don't hate this the avant Guard podcast i'm nina lidoff
0: and i'm eric wenzel joining us today Keeper dunn architect yes hi Hello. or maybe we should let you say your own name and who are you? What are you doing in here? <laughs> who are, what are you doing in here?
2: My name, my name is Kiefer Dunn. Yeah, I, I am, I'm an architect. Actually, I don't know if I'm legally allowed to call myself an architect, because I, I don't have my license yet. Whoa. Yeah. You have to be
0: licensed? You have to be licensed. I guess that's probably good, I think. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Just
1: like I'm not legally allowed to call myself a doctor, but it doesn't <laughs> stop me from selling, giving. Selling Xanax <laughs> <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> at a strip mall. Don't worry about it. Um. <laughs> Dr Litoff is my father.
3: Oh. <laughs> you
0: always answer. Doc, Dr. Lidoff's residence, but not, but I mean, his house, not, he's not in residency. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is it an architecture
1: joke? Is it...
0: Oh, is there, do architectures have residencies too?
2: Doctors
1: have residencies.
2: Oh, no, like, like res- residences, because you know, like houses. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> houses are built. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, no, I, I guess, <laughs> well, maybe this, maybe this is not, not a thing anymore, but in the uh, uh, past, I don't want to say olden days. Um, but you, did you ever do that when you were a kid you'd answer, answer the phone and be like
1: the lit off, residence.
0: lit off residence
1: no I was too afraid to answer the phone because of my crippling strange anxieties <laughs> as a child <laughs> true story yes <laughs> well because this one time I answered the phone and someone was on the other line and they were like can I speak to your mom and I was like okay and then they hung up, or the phone died, or I hung up by accident, and oh. then I was like, "Mom, someone was calling for you," and she was like, "Who was it?" And I was like, "I don't know. I didn't ask." And then I was too terrified to answer the phone for like seven years after you? that. I don't know, like eight.
0: Oh. That's that's age appropriate.
1: <laughs> no, but then for the s- subsequent several decades, like <laughs> yeah, that, until you were, you didn't answer the phone until you were fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like happens. How did, how the hell <laughs> that, <laughs> what happened to you? Ne-
0: I guess you could place phone calls. You Were you okay placing no. them? <laughs> no. <laughs> I hate
1: talking on the phone.
0: And now you never set it down, but no one talks on the phone. Right, anymore. exactly. Now no, you don't have just, to. You know, the I text. Words, text. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I don't like, I mean, I agree. I Like now it does feel weird talking on the phone.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird because we can't shut up in any other circumstance.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But uh, on the phone,
1: <laughs> I actually got a phone, a one-ring phone call at nine o'clock this morning, and I was very perturbed by it. It
0: just rang once.
1: Yeah, and I was mad because I was asleep because yesterday was my birthday, and I stayed up all night.
0: And you and you answered as many calls as you wanted. <laughs> yeah,
1: zero. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you we so what should we call you then if you're not legally
2: well i guess i don't know because I, I i do a lot of different things okay so i have like a lot of like uh, uh
1: lots of irons in the fire lots
2: of irons in the fire and lots of like weird uh you know titles. your bean mogul <laughs> Be- bean <With>? asp- <laughs> yeah you, you missed this conversation yeah yeah so well, fill, fill I, us in. i've uh, i've been designing bean labels <laughs> for <laughs> for a friend and this has uh, entitled me to a very small stake. uh Ownership in this bean company, um, you know, I, I I probably can't
0: talk about it on, is it, on air. It's not signed, sealed, delivered oh, quite yet. But it
2: a, uh, we have a very exciting bean product coming to market. But, uh, well,
0: can can I ask you what kind <laughs> of beans is that?
2: Uh, all, well, it's it's there are many different varieties, um, from your garbanzos to your. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Cuban black to, beans, to your chickpeas. I, I don't think we have a chickpea. This is maybe one we're missing
1: out on. I don't know. Yeah. Garbanzo I, beans are chickpeas. Yeah.
2: Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, I learned that recently. I can't
1: believe you own a bean company. i did not know yeah. that. I just. Uh, yeah. I could
2: own a bean company. I'm telling you, it's really not difficult. I'll, I'll, yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, but I'm I'm hoping to just like you know do weird architecture um, and and bankroll bankroll that with beam money.
1: What do you what do you define as weird architecture? <laughs> the,
2: the kind of stuff that people won't pay for, I guess. Uh, which is like uh, I don't know. It's a lot of times people call this like paper
1: architecture.
0: Like wait, so like. You're just gonna build buildings whether people want them or not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck you. A building is uh, yeah. going here.
1: I know that this is a street corner, but <laughs> is there? We're gonna is build there? Right I mean, I, the guess, I guess
0: I guess that's squatting. But I do like you know how everything in the city now is like guerrilla. Yes, you know. So like I like what if what if people would go to abandoned lots and just like go there in the middle of the night and like build a building. Yeah, I think this is a great idea. There's like a
1: What if you build a gorilla pen like for gorillas <laughs> or alternatively, build in the gorilla pen but like build like what? like I don't know an organic co-op or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean those are those like are back bu- pump station like at the zoo. You like mean... this
2: sounds like a grad school project though. Yeah,
0: I know. Yeah. I have
1: the, all the sophistication <laughs> of a grad student. <laughs> this is my application.
0: So is that? I mean, is that the kind of no, uh, risky architecture people are doing?
2: There's like plenty of architects who just don't don't build anything uh, ever.
0: Um, like like the, a lot of artists. Yeah, I was just gonna <laughs> say. <laughs> um, so those are what are called theoretical. Architects? They usually call them paper architects, oh. and
2: sometimes that's like a, you know, a kind of... Is that uh, like an architect dismissive? you hold
0: up to, to like, divert <laughs> a, an attack or whatever?
2: <laughs> well, yeah, they just like, you know, they usually, they I guess they make art, uh, but it's yeah. focused around buildings, and then they mm-hmm. show it in museums and get grant money, and... You know, they... to not build be a... <laughs> Right.
1: I'll give you a freebie that you should call, like, an, your next show of those, like, the paper chase. <laughs> the paper That is a good idea. Yeah, like it's oh, freebie.
2: man, that's a freebie. It's <laughs> a... Put that in my pocket. you You could also <laughs> call, yeah,
0: no, like, it's, it could be, like, isn't that a stationary store? That would be Called a great thing.
1: Like, that would be a great gorilla thing to put in right. an abandoned lot. <laughs> <at> Stationery <laughs> store.
0: <laughs> no, you should put an abandoned, sneak into an abandoned lot and then clean it up. Well, I was just
3: thinking about <laughs> that. just sounds like the, being a
1: good
2: citizen, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> but <laughs> under cover
0: of darkness. Sure.
1: That's actually, um, that reminded me, in Israel, in like the late 1940s, after the war, Jews were trying to immigrate to the country and the British wouldn't let them. And actually it was like really... bad situation like a lot of people in England
0: they wouldn't let them no the British
1: owned Palestine
0: oh
1: and they wouldn't allow Jews to move to Israel and so like a lot of people would like survive Auschwitz and then die like trying to sneak into Israel and like getting shot by the British or something or drowning or something you know it was like trying to get in to the US from Cuba like you'd have to like get in a tiny boat Uh and like go over the Mediterranean and try to sneak in so this is
4: covered in the uh, Leon Uris book Exodus Mm
1: mm-hmm but there's there was like this ancient law that if you had like a town they couldn't kick you out because you were like founded a town and what you needed for a town was a wall and a tower so like uh-huh. people would go in under cover of night and build a wall and tower like just that was all that was all they needed to build so they just had to like have yeah. enough bricks to oh, like uh. make a wall and then, like enough height <laughs> to be like, that's a tower. And then the British couldn't kick them out because they had settled a city. Wow, that's super interesting. Yeah.
0: Um. <laughs> so maybe should just yeah. build
1: a bunch of walls
2: and towers. Walls and
0: towers. So is well, I don't know. This isn't a politics podcast, so. <laughs> I yeah.
1: understand what you're about to ask, and.
0: Well, it, that's the, a very complicated question I'll, for its own I, podcast. I'll, all the uh, all the legal settlements, or I guess legal because they write their own laws, but all those settlements yeah makes me think of that.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a complex question.
0: Okay, so. that it can go into <laughs> a lot, but it would it would be determined. It couldn't
1: really be answered now. I mean, that's part of the thing was mm. that it was owned by Britain.
0: Okay. So we are coming to you live from our new studio.
1: It's echoier than the old studio. <laughs> um, and our producer is bemused by meeting. No, I would so say he's
0: not
4: The studio will be in development, <laughs> and we are adding new qualities and functions. It's true. The walls are going to be more reflective in the future.
1: Which will hopefully rub off on us and make us more reflective in Aww. our musings.
0: This is a test. Do I, I don't sound that echoey over here, though. Because all of the- Cause you
1: sat on the couch because you're the couch guy. I'm the couch guy.
0: Here, Nina, do you want to try a, an experiment? Sure. I have a piece of foam here. Okay. What if you held it by your mouth while you talked? Do you think it would absorb some of the audio and thereby, <laughs> thereby cut down on the echo? What if we this? Doing is this is my the... voice
1: without foam. This is my voice with the foam. Whoa, kind dude. Of oh, did. Totally. That yeah. did make a difference. Oh my gosh. This whole
0: time we've been going the wrong way around. <laughs> Ew, by covering there's like rooms... hair on this foam. <laughs> <laughs> by covering walls with foam to dead silence, you should just put foam, foam, foam around the yeah. person. Well,
2: and these, these, these blocks of foam are like a really great size to just kind of always be holding. Yeah, next just your... hold it. They're like nice little rectangular prisms.
0: Yeah, there is a lot of there's gun-ka a lot on of that you're hugging yeah.
1: <laughs> a lot of hairs dog and human
0: um maybe it's like you only it's like the talking foam so like <laughs> you have to to talk yeah like we pass you the foam and then that's like
1: <laughs> that'll stop us from uh talking over one another anymore yes just kidding yeah, no, we'll we'll never. We'll... <laughs> Thomas.
0: so in addition to um beans <laughs> What else is going on?
2: Uh, so yeah, I, I work at an architecture firm. Um, you know, it's like a, it's a big giant architecture corporation, okay. and the office in Chicago has like sixty people. Um, and then I also am the national secretary of organizing for a group called the Architecture Lobby, which is like a labor advocacy group for architects. Um, and I also am a teacher of architecture at a local university. Um, Where I teach architecture theory mostly.
1: Which I think is cool. Like, (laughs) teaching how to, I don't know, drafting is boring. No, I'm just kidding.
0: What's, well, what is architectural theory? Uh, What do you teach it?
2: What do I, I, so I specifically teach a class on on Mies van der Rohe. Whoa. uh, So, like, it's at IIT. So, if you know Mies van der Rohe, you know, he built so many things in Chicago, international style guy, all those big, Mm -hmm. steel boxes Um, but he also designed pretty much every building with a couple of exceptions on the IIT campus so it's like really weird to be teaching uh, Mies on a Mies campus Um, And then he was also the dean of the School of Architecture there for a long, long time. That's weird to think
0: of him as a dean. Yeah, so it was,
2: you know. Dean
1: (laughs) Bitterman. That
2: crusty old dean. I mean, he looks super, he was super old and and crusty by the time he came (laughs) over. Because he was basically, uh, you know, the story goes he was escaping the
0: Nazis. Well, not according um, to the Sun-Times. Oh
2: yeah, this is like a very interesting part of Mises' history that's like really kind of misunderstood. So, uh, you know, to a lot of people, he was like almost a co-conspirator mm-hmm. in the regime and had like very questionable politics. Mm-hmm. But uh, to others, he was like fleeing persecution and like the mm-hmm. reality is like somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, you know, he was kind of, uh, in his early career, he was swept up in like, you know, the German revolutionary mm-hmm. fearer and like oh <laughs> 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 whoops <laughs> uh. that's why they called him madden yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is Führer,
4: f-u-r-o-r
2: <laughs> that's right yes and and the good kind of revolution or like uh, fervor the fervor yes <laughs> this is yeah yeah like you know with the the, the leftists not the yeah. rightists so <laughs> he actually uh he was he actually ended up building a monument or designing a monument to Rosa Luxemburg and Karl Liebknecht um, um, uh, to commemorate their assassination.
4: Where is the uh, monument
0: located? Uh, the
4: Nazi
2: store down. But um, it, it was in Berlin. Yeah, uh, So it's a really... But they still
0: have the streets though. They do. Yeah. And Rosa Luxemburg plots.
2: Yeah. So it, it's a really beautiful structure too. It's like, a, it's a very cubist building. Um, and it's like these this kind of rough hewn bricks they are supposed mm-hmm. to be kind of mimetic of the brick wall that they were shot against and everything else. So, yeah, I mean, so he was definitely, and he hung out with all the kind of German avant-gardists and weird folks. and, um, But then he also definitely did try to, like, get a job for the Nazis, like, building buildings. Yeah. Um, but his, his... But didn't
0: it kind of, I mean, it transitioned into that, too, like, because he was trying, doing government con- commissions while... Yeah. Like, while the government was turning into Nazi government, like, he was... Is that right? Um, I mean, that's, from a thing I read about it, that was the impression I got. He like, was, like,
2: seeking... He was seeking out com- government commissions. Right. Yeah. And so, like, he... Uh, because he really... He was just... He was, like, an architect's architect, right? Mm-hmm. He just wanted to build, and he kind mm-hmm. of was, uh, you know, took took whatever political uh, position mm-hmm. was required to do that. So, the you know, the story that you know, people who... Want to say Mies wasn't a Nazi. Always tell is how he uh, convinced one of the like German ministers of culture, like one of the, one of those really nasty guys like mm-hmm. uh, Goebbels or whatever, um, to keep the Bauhaus open because he was in charge mm-hmm. of the Bauhaus at the time. And uh, then once. Once they, once he was able to successfully do that, he closed it down in like a "fuck you, I quit" kind of move. <laughs> right, <laughs> but like that's, that's yeah, sweet. but that's actually like not at all what the historical record bears out. Oh. Um, it seems like the best historians say that their letters got crossed in the mail, where they were like, "Fine, you can keep the degenerate art store open," <laughs> and like, and and he was like, "I'm closing it," and um, you know, he ended oh, up that in America. Oh, email. Yeah. It's like another story where the
1: internet would ruin it.
0: <laughs> yeah, everything. but you've still, we've all had that where you write this email and you hit send and then, you're, then you get back to your inbox and they've replied to you Yes. while you were writing yours. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I guess, but this is the thing that I think a lot of people, the Sun-Times in particular, <laughs> as Eric's alluding to, um, but just a lot of people generally have difficulty understanding is like the aesthetics of Mace Vandereau not being the aesthetics of what Nazis would want. Right. Of being quite avant garde. But I think a lot of Americans find stark minimalism to be they, they think it, of it. They literally they call, call it, it fascist. Yeah, or communist, um like a plot and vow. <laughs> <laughs> But it's the opposite. So
2: Yeah, no, Mies is neither of those things. If anything, like, Mies is a kind of, like, hyper-capitalist architect. And Mm -hmm. uh, so one of the things that I I teach my students, uh, we read this guy, K. Michael Hayes, who's an architecture theorist, and he's kind of working in that Frankfurt School crit Mm -hmm. crit theory tradition. But um, the way that he explains the kind of abstraction of a Mies building is almost as, like, the kind of, if you think about architecture as something that holds up a mirror to the values of society, then the Mm -hmm. kind of like perfect abstraction and inaccessibility of these buildings is a kind of like mirror of the abstraction and alienation of like a capitalist economy. For sure. Um, Yeah, no
0: buildings are totally representations of our, Morals and our right. beliefs, and so
2: the genius of like K-, uh, K. Michael Hayes writing this about Mies is usually we think about modernism and the kind of machine aesthetic and everything else is stripping away all of those values, but it's actually just uh-huh. replacing it with a, a kind of different value system that's like super problematic. And the reason why Mies is a really great architect mm-hmm. is because he was the best at kind of like exposing that problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, you I, know, I feel I, like
1: there's a parallel there with abstract expressionist painting. Mm-hmm. try. Well, I would that, say
0: all modernism. Uh, yeah, but just this idea that it's... That abstraction average, is
1: yeah. as open and free and... Uh, um, uh, un, as the market? <laughs> yeah, as un, 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 un-propagandistic un as possible, but that in itself, the idea that something can be not propagandistic is is like a really... Well, it's but a it political turned... ideology to yeah. think that something it could was be turned pure. turned into
0: propaganda. Right. It I was mean, turned part... into
1: propaganda of, like, American exceptionalism. Right. right. Well,
0: that's part partially what the minimalist sculptors were interested in is that they, like Donald Judd felt, you could not co-opt minimalism in the way that abstract expressionism had been instrumentalized as uh it's which so is, like, silly which is wrong. it's yeah. like so yeah. <laughs> funny to me
1: like no this is all bullshit yeah. you're being controlled i'm gonna show you yeah. the real way by doing essentially yeah. the exact same thing no, and, Well, and,
0: but but it, i mean there is like it is weird to think of like how can a cube be an ideology or something
2: <laughs> well yeah i mean rosalind krauss writes about meese and and agnes martin as the same like she huh. is like identical uh but I mean, like, the, the grids are kind of, a grid is a funny thing because it, it's not just uh, ideological, right? Like, it, it actually has a, a mechanism for political mm-hmm. economy and then it. its elevation into art it says something. I don't know what. But if you think about the Midwest, right, the Midwest is covered in the Jeffersonian grid. Mm-hmm. And, like, so literally, I mean, think about being on a plane and seeing it. And the reason is is because, you know, it's, it's kind of taking a, a map and a plan um, and putting this abstract system over top of it so that you can sell the land. Otherwise, it right. doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, the grid is this kind of abstract device that's necessary for monetizing all mm-hmm. of this land and, and kind of operationalizing it for the market. So, yeah. then, so then for it to appear in, in modern art and, and architecture later, um, you know, talks about how this, it's, this, this abstract system I don't
0: know. Well, well, yeah. For I like that, that about think, the country. If as you go west, it just turns into like right angles. Yeah, the you whole know? <laughs> states, the whole states are squares or yeah,
1: yeah. rectangles. But I guess, well, that I feel like the history of how Chicago became a grid is kind oh, of. Oh man, different. is there any
0: square state that would be so cool if we had? Yeah, just like had
1: basically, this... um, not New Mexico. Colorado, Colorado and
4: Wyoming are both rectangles, but yeah, neither but of them like, are like a perfectly perfect square. square state.
1: Mm.
2: Well, and then at some point, I, I think they have to uh, actually shift the grid ever so slightly to accommodate for the curvature of the earth, which is right. really interesting. Cause like the abstract mm-hmm. system was right. was so big that they had to.
4: Right. Uh, so the, the angles can't be 90 degree angles because then you would end up with kind of a star yeah. shape.
0: Yeah. Just mm-hmm. like the star in the plan of Washington DC. That's part of the Illuminati. Oh, <laughs> that's right.
1: Just like, <laughs> like when you look at a map in Washington DC, it's represented by a star. Because it's the capital. Oh yeah,
0: no, but yeah. Uh. No <laughs> coincidence, I think not. No, no. Uh, yeah, but don't you do you put a star on all the capitals, or all the other countries' capitals like just a bigger dot?
1: Yeah, because USA. US, but which anyway?
0: But which map are we looking at?
1: Which projection, like a Mercator projection? <laughs> <It's>
0: no, <laughs> I mean like.
1: I'm joking. Yes, like all Rand stars. McNally,
0: or I don't know. Is Rand McNally even around? Yeah. I mean, Google Maps is the, what, Who who's the big, you know, that's the Amerigo Vespucci of the 21st century. There, I said it.
1: <laughs> so controversial.
0: But it's true. I mean, what I think is interesting is I think for a long time people, like when I was in, you know, uh, what the hell, undergrad, I wanted to say undergrad, but you're in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> the in, under- under- the under- in the undergrad of high school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and... In addition to like teachers bemoaning that no one knows how to read analog clocks, which again is like that's stupid to me. <laughs> where, you know like we still have speedometers that are like it's a Wait, arrow. is it stupid
1: that people can't read them or it's stupid that it's stupid you have like, to read them because why would you ever need to? Because it's Yeah, it's stupid
0: that there's this like huge push that somehow that makes you a well rounded person because your your uh, adherence towards a obsolete uh method of well uh, yeah and
1: that's part of the alzheimer's test is having you draw a clock
0: i can't fucking read a clock now
1: (laughs) (laughs) i know that's what i'm saying like
0: i have so i have the apple watch and i got tired of my really useful utility one because there's like different faces you can do and then the the one i have is the modular and you can like you put the time and you can see the battery life on the watch and weather and like you can kind of pick all these different useful things like when the sun rises slash sets and stuff and I was like, Useful "Well, I'll try, it. Things. huh? Useful things, yeah. It's it's good." And then <laughs> like I was if you're like, "You're
1: a what? farmer, like you're Jewish, and you need to know when the Sabbath is over."
0: I just want to know when the sun's going down.
1: <laughs> I mean, look outside. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, but that, no, <laughs> that is that is the complete opposite of knowing when the sun is going. down. I mean, down. I did look just um, look when outside. The this rise today. was. Because okay.
1: Look I wanted f- to know if I could stay up till sunrise, and I could.
0: Okay, but what I want you to do now is take off your headphone. Well, no, we can even do this right here. Okay, we open the window. Ooh, All right, beautiful. Nina, when is the sun going down? Just by looking at later,
1: <laughs> later in the afternoon slash evening. Perhaps
0: yeah. eight sixteen p.m.
1: You could totally. Look I mean, like I was the... just going to be like, it's almost June, so like maybe like round 8, eight. You're 30. having
0: a more. You're <laughs> having an even more baroque. <laughs> uh idea uh than the person saying you should learn how to read analog time you're saying well you should look at the sun and just get think a about sundial what is just people
1: on their analog <laughs> clocks it's just like you <laughs> know i'm a well-rounded person who can read a sundial like read a sundial like, you obviously the... have like alzheimer's disease but you have to adjust the sundial.
4: the sundial every day to accommodate for the changing length of the day which means that you would need to know what time the sun sets in order to set your sundial every single day yeah.
1: What if I attach my sundial to a pendulum so that it just, like, moves?
0: Oh, my God, earth? I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: no,
1: you attach yourself to a pendulum then to read it so that you don't get dizzy because then you're just moving at, like, the same rate as the Earth slash pendulum.
4: You know, these are, this is one more instance in which machines are taking jobs away from hardworking <laughs> witches. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh uh-huh. uh so, anyway, grid. Well, so, was... okay. What I was asking before was about the grid structure of Chicago. And yeah. I guess, or not just Chicago, but like in a city planning kind of way. Like, is there any kind of. I mean, I feel like it's an interesting view to talk about monetizing like parcels of land, but yeah. it also is slightly cynical because the grid is like functional in terms of. City building, uh, yeah. I mean, but and it's like a, civic, but there's civic a organization or something.
2: Yeah, but it, uh, it's interesting when you like study history. Like they call this like a morphology, urban morphology, mm-hmm. um, the shape and and network of cities. So it's not like that a grid is always the best thing, because if you look at like a feudal city, it's totally mm-hmm. insane mm-hmm. and doesn't really work for how we live and move things around now. Mm-hmm. But it totally worked then, and that that's why they did it, right? Like a right. city is a kind of like optimized system. So if you're living in a totally different way, then it, it takes that form. But then the kind of messed up thing about cities is that once it's there, it sticks, because these are kind of immensely intensive like human enter- enterprises. So like so it terrace. takes something like a fire, yeah, yeah, or like someone like Napoleon to come along, and, right? Uh, with with uh, Baron von Hausmann and and Hausmanize, Haus, Hausmanize? Paris, I think that's <laughs> what they say. Uh,
0: but which was that is, when they dug up all the graves and built the catacombs?
2: Uh, I
1: maybe I don't it's know. When but it's built when built the they built the boulevards, boulevards for sure,
2: um,
1: like in Paris Street, Rainy Day, right.
2: which was actually a political, a very political thing. Because they were, it was, it was in the shadow of the Paris Commune, and so this, the you know, where the citizens built barricades and uh, everything else, and Napoleon wanted to be able to put down a revolution oh. uh, of the people, mm-hmm. and and so he wanted to be able to move armies through Paris and uh, you know break up these kind of defensible pockets of space. So now you have these Parisian boulevards. There's kind of a dark history, and then uh, you have someone like Burnham when he comes to Chicago does the city of chicago sees that and now we have all these kind of wonderful angled boulevards in the city right well i mean because
1: napoleon is kind of a nefarious character but that had a tremendous impact on like people using public space because then you could walk around like a flaneur (laughs) yeah around (laughs) paris uh whereas you couldn't so easily before
2: no for sure i mean but uh i don't know i you have to, like, wonder that, like, the, like behind every, like, good thing is, like, a kind of, there's always a kind of nasty history. Because, they like, know. <laughs> especially with, like, urbanism and architecture, because it's, it, you know, these are things that cost so much money to do, a, bu- a mm-hmm. building or city stuff. So they always are kind of. Uh, instrument of power yeah but good
1: thing Napoleon stole all that art from like (laughs) literally everywhere in the Middle East and Africa so it was like NBD and I had plenty of money to build a boulevard
4: you know there's another way in which uh Napoleon had uh an impact that uh, remains to this day which is the way that he insisted that people who were studying poetry and art become public servants by going to uh professional schools in order to learn things like uh City planning yeah. and uh, you know and architecture and uh, and that's how we end up peop- like um, Blaise Pascal uh, starting out his career after school uh, studying bridges. You know, even though he was a a theologian and a, ma- a mathematician, uh, because of um, Napoleon, uh, he started out thinking about uh, shapes of uh, buildings and roads and bridges.
2: Huh. That's, I had no idea. That's super interesting.
1: I mean, um. While we're on the topic of Napoleon, yeah. quickly, uh, since we talked about Napoleon in our last episode, God. I <laughs> just saw that that painting by Jacques-Louis David is coming to the Art Institute.
0: Oh, the one? Death of no. <laughs> no,
1: no. Good. No. Good memory, but yeah, not the good one. No, the portrait of Napoleon where he has his mm. hand in his vest. Oh, that one. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, so... We'll have to go check it out and she, let you know had, like, what we like. think. <laughs> I'm sure it's great because Jacques-Louis David is awesome.
0: Is it going to be accompanied by the George Washington? I feel like they, those paintings belong together. The hands in the pockets thing? or in... just, just, you know, like the painting, the unfinished Gilbert Stuart, George Washington. Should be hanging on a wall next to Napoleon with his hand in his...
1: No, it's just a special loan of just that Napoleon (laughs) painting, so I don't know. What for? A loan? I don't know. I'm not plugged in on all the goings on there.
0: Well, but usually when they announce it, they're like...
1: I don't know. I just saw it on the website. Oh.
0: You guys can totally make this
2: like a segment, though. Napoleon watch. But. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher Williams update.
4: Oh, I saw the Christopher Williams postcard that you have framed in your bathroom. Isn't
1: it great? It's
2: beautiful.
4: Yeah.
1: Every time I get out of the shower, I I smile. <laughs> like, actually, it's the most spark joy thing that I own now. Um. Also, it was 50 cents off at the MoMA gift shop.
0: Because so. they're like, who wants this? <laughs>
1: exactly. There was. They're trying to get rid of them.
0: I, I think one of the saddest things in in art is missed opportunities for uh, marketing. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was the?
1: I mean, that's why some little some a lot of art doesn't get produced because like you will maybe be able to make marketable toys off of it. So,
0: no, a lot of uh, there's a lot of art like. Um, let's see, I can't think of it now, but you know, it'd be like a traveling exhibition, and then. Uh, it would be like oh they're gonna have a postcard of that or they're gonna do whatever of that and then you go and they're like oh no we got this really like stupid looking one or it's well, an awkward shape yeah let so me just say the- that
1: I was the most disappointed that they didn't sell postcards at the shop. Yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> that was some fuck. bullshit <laughs> <laughs> that was like a great opportunity so
2: great I, I just realized I just found Anquara's Twitter bot that's still going have you oh, seen this? Man. Oh,
0: and it's still saying it's still alive.
2: Yeah, it's super great.
0: That's awesome. Wow. It's weird. I feel. I remember. Yeah, I remember thinking of that. Like, does it flip? I mean, I don't think it's actually on chorus' Twitter bot. Like, someone just made it, right?
2: No, I'm. I'm pretty sure. Like, I remember researching it. I'm f- really. I'm at least fairly certain that he was involved in its in creation. In making that, I mean, presumably wow. he did not like code it, but
0: right. But he was like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah
2: it could be wildly mistaken
0: yeah i don't know i mean shouldn't they have flipped it to the switch though and then it just says <laughs> i'm still dead <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Which is but, but but what if I he mean, wasn't that... though no, like but, then it's uh... like
1: a zombie Ooh. but i don't know i
0: mean isn't that just as powerful to say i am still alive and then now it's like nope still, still dead, dead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just checking in still dead <laughs> Um but yes. <laughs> I had another question about Mies van Der o, oh, if we could sure. uh a uh, return. Well, I was just what, like
0: does Mies van Der have a Twitter bot? Oh, probably someone's made it It's just, really just that black square emoji. <laughs> I'm
1: not sure I understand. Oh. shh, <laughs> sh- sh- <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> Um What was he like, like, as a person?
0: Like, when you guys were hanging out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because, well, I wanted... I mean, I was just thinking about our, like, minimalism comparisons and, like, the Donald Judd issue. And there is kind of this, like, masculinist control over materials. And I'm sure that that is even more heightened in architecture because it has to, like, actually stand and stuff. So, like, was there any kind of sort of, like... Like, was he kind of, like, a power, like, did he feel, like, powerful, and, like, godlike? Was he, like, one of those kinds of yes Also,
0: follow-up. Do buildings ever just fall over? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know. Look-
2: <laughs> when you were describing that, I was like, oh, I wonder if they ever just fall down. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a miracle that anything stands up. Wow. It's, that, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Mies, no, but Mies, Mies was uh, a lot of, a lot of. What people talk about with Mies is uh, that he was a kind of very stern figure. And people read into his buildings his personality, which is an mm. interesting phenomenon. Um, but by all accounts, he was a very warm person, mm. especially when he, like, you know, had a lot to drink, which was a <laughs> lot because he was drunk all the time.
1: <laughs> uh. So it's really lucky that his buildings aren't falling
2: down. Yeah. yeah. Did he drink <laughs> Seagram's? Uh, he did not drink Seagram's. I don't know. what. Actually, maybe. I don't know what he drank. I think Scotch mostly. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of there's a lot of the photos of him in his office with like a big cigar. Yeah, and Scotch. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but he was it's also like
2: f- Freud. Yeah, he was also <laughs> famous for like having because he he did not have the greatest grasp of English, so he has all these really fantastic like malapropisms where he's like someone was like me, so you enjoying your salad, and he was like, yes, I enjoy my salad like a cow in the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, he would always just say really goofy things like that, oh, like, constantly. And, and his uh, his companion, um, Laura Marks, uh, wrote them all down, who's a wow. great sculptor in her own right. She's, uh, she has some really great stuff in the Art Institute, actually. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. She,
1: yeah. She did kind of, like, that, like, those sculptures that are, like, halfway neoclassical, halfway... American regionalist.
2: Yeah, and they're like (laughs) they're like Art Deco, but they're a little bit more geometric than even. Yeah, Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, Mies Mies is like has Mies always had really like uh, fantastic women in his life who made his career probably more than he actually did. Mm.
0: Um, So suck it. Yeah,
1: (laughs) well, part of the reason I asked that is because I feel like (laughs) single. Guess Swing my wheels.
0: I need. I need some. Swipe to... it
1: up. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just like have to write like need woman to be the woman behind
0: great yeah. man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 um
0: <laughs> great what yeah great great man in search of woman <laughs> to stand behind me <laughs> i dare you to make that your tinder profile. i dare you <laughs> i i mean i'm i think i think the where's all the cat ladies at is a pretty good start so i'll update it to that oh but my what god it, great man in search <laughs> no, <I know. laughs>
1: what if i just changed mine to great great woman looking for a man to stand behind us <laughs> wait no it, just, have no it
0: would be woman in searching of great man, man to, stand to stand behind,
1: behind. <laughs> wow there was some serious syntax issues in there um
2: maybe you can meet a great grammar professor I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> also colon seeking grammar
4: i have a, a question about the international style yeah uh it seemed like when, uh, when 9-11 happened, uh-huh. and the World Trade Center w- was destroyed, that there was uh, a kind of, like, people were reluctant to express what seemed to be also a really common sentiment, which was, you know, I'm kind of glad that they're gone, because they were ugly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and the building that replaced it doesn't, it's still a, a big rectangle, but it doesn't have it's near kind of it's pointy. not nearly as brutal as the just complete square that the old buildings. yeah were.
2: those because those buildings were like less international style and they're yeah they definitely owe something to brutalism but i mean they were uh kind of heralded for their architecture by by, by at least architects and maybe that's part of the problem and then ar- architects love certain buildings regardless of the public opinion on them uh, ar- as far as i know architect always kind of love the world trade center um Mostly because, mostly because of the base of the World Trade Center had a, a really interest. It had a really fantastic base where those kind of mullion lines would come down, and then they would form these pointed archways. It was really yeah pretty elegant.
0: Yeah, it's like Gothic reference. Yeah, um, and
2: sounds- it had a very um, it actually it had a very ingenious sort of structural solution, um, which would ultimately be like its undoing. Um, but because yeah, all, all the buildings were cantilevered from the core which is how most skyscrapers are built um, can you
0: explain cantilever yes for our sorry <laughs> sure yes yeah, so, i.e me also yeah
2: <laughs> so a, a cantilever is like oh man how do i how do i de- explain a cantilever um it's like when you have your iphone leaning off the edge of a table um mm. yes just like that which is that's the cantilever so it's kind of uh, the structural support is coming from the table, but the slab of the iPhone is hanging off, and that's the cantilever. Mm. So uh, you know, every so like, is it out
1: particularly of- sturdy? I mean, it is, it is staying. I'm yeah. doing it. In case was wondering, put my phone yeah. on the table. So
2: there's there's all kinds of rules of thumb, right? Where, um, so you, for a cantilever, you want it to have the back two thirds of it be supported, and then you can have one third of it be uh-huh. hanging.
1: Just like the depth of field. Yeah. Can focus. <laughs> Which is <laughs> what you can only of... focus on two out of three things. No, it's uh, the depth of field is one third in front of and two thirds behind the range of acceptable focus. In the picture. <laughs> anyway
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's probably some like golden ratio sort of like yeah. numerology that you can read into that i'm sure mm-hmm.
1: well the depth of field is actually like it's not just like Wait, a your thing.
0: subject your the depth of field surrounding your subject is one well third in it's front not of the necessarily subject the subject
1: because it's wherever you focus at oh, the then. point of focus then it will be in focus two-thirds behind and one-third of, in front of wherever you f- focus the camera ideally on the subject. But if you're very, very close to something, like someone's face, for example, that's why you want to make your focus their eyes, because if you're that close, one third in front of will be their nose. Their nose. But if you focus on their nose, then their eyes would not maybe be two thirds behind that point.
2: And also if
0: you focus on your eyes then the back of their head is also in focus.
2: (laughs) Right. Have have I ever told you guys that I was a professional photographer at Medieval Times for four years? Oh my god, that's amazing. (laughs) Holy cow. Did you pet
1: the horses? (laughs) 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 That's the first question you ask somebody who worked at Medieval Times.
2: I did pet the horses this one time. They're very
1: protective of the horses. Medieval Times Mm
2: -hmm. is actually the largest owner of Spanish Andalusian stallions
0: in the world. Whoa.
1: The Andalusian horse
0: <laughs> do they have any pintos i,
1: I, I don't know is it that... how do you say horse in french
0: <laughs> i thought you were supposed <laughs> to, to know beam. a bunch about bean jokes. yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: wait no there's a horse called a pinto I... <laughs> which i was so how confused say... how do you say horse uh... in french I'm just trying to pick a on the loop joke what Cheval. Cheval Chevalanandoli, like oh Cheval, the restaurant oh. is oh horse.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but they serve hamburgers. Are they made of horse? They're neither made of situation? ham nor. <laughs> um.
0: Yeah. Why is that? You have hamburgers, and then they're like, "Oh well, this this is a bison burger or whatever." You know, this is a. They're exotic. Shouldn't you also game. just you shouldn't you also just call it a hamburger because it's named. Not it's not named for the city either.
1: I have a follow up question. What outfit did you wear when you were <laughs> a photographer? Medieval. I did. I had to wear tights.
2: Uh, I had to wear tights, and then I, I we had like this big tunic uh, that went down to like your knees. And so I'm pretty. I'm, I you know I wear very skinny pants. I think it's like a throwback to my
1: medieval times days.
2: Third and your following. camera
4: is made of uh, wood and horse teeth. Yeah.
1: I know. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh my God.
0: Allow. Allow. You know allowed, what's crazy
1: though. Allow guys. thine
0: to to magically draw thine likeness upon thee. We would always have like uh, a
2: rena- renaissance festival people come in and they were the worst. we call they were Rennies and they were terrible because they would always like, you know, call us out on our anachronisms and, yeah, whatever. and they make they all speak go in an eat, accent.
1: They go eat a bunch of turkey legs and they didn't even have turkey in Britain <laughs> right. then. It's so like, <laughs> They're a bunch of idiots. Anyway. <laughs> But that's like the crazy thing is like, I guess a camera could be construed as anachronistic, but you actually could go build a camera with the stuff that you had yeah, in well, the Middle Ages. I mean, or you the could. They had Middle camera obscures. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They just, so, well, they had, a, they had camera obscures, but they didn't have a way. To they didn't, fix the image. Yeah. They hadn't deve- <laughs> they didn't know how to make the picture stay. In case you're wondering. <laughs> paper or film. In case but you're wondering, you can, a
0: hamburger. Is the main course according to Wikipedia? <laughs> it's, its first infostat main course. <laughs> Place of origin uncertain: Germany or America.
1: <laughs> um,
0: a hamburger or cheeseburger when served with a slice of
1: cheese. Okay, on it. okay. Gonna- I just thought it was
0: time that I, you know, fucking. Go find out what the origin of the hamburger is. Oh,
2: but, you know, speaking of the World Trade Center, there's this crazy thing. I was actually at, last week, the American Institute of Architects convention. And every year, for like the last eight years, there's some truthers who are architects and engineers. And they're mm. part of the AIA. And I'm, I mean, like, obviously, they're an incredible small minority. Uh, but they... Managed to get a resolution on the floor of this huge architects convention to open up uh, To have the professional association open up an investigation of the collapse of World Trade Center building number seven It was like the most surreal thing because there's like 8,000 architects in a room voting Uh on all these resolutions and these guys just like hijacked the floor and Fear uh, Hijacked. Well, I, 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 uh, Fuhrer, hijacked. I'm glad that you brought this up
1: because I was going to make a really tasteless joke when you're yeah. like architects love the base of the World Trade Center, like you, the place where the government secretly hid dynamite. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, and the new World Trade
2: Center building has
1: the bottom you
2: know. It has the three- dynamite built in.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you can just press a button anytime you need to.
2: Well they, they built the bottom 300 feet like out of it's just a solid block of concrete and this is like a wow. and, it, and it has like steel uh cladding around the concrete it's actually like a so real... it's like a ziggurat <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, yeah you no said. what is it with you guys <laughs> and not understanding what ziggurats are like this is a recurring thing no but well i'm a ziggurat is like a pyramid with steps yeah
0: no it's not it's explicitly not because I, a pyramid's maybe... not a tomb a ziggurat is the base of a temple on top of the ziggurat, you have built your temple.
1: No, but I just meant it was like pyramidal in shape. Like it has...
0: The top it's, part it's, is smaller than the bottom part. Bu- yes. It's built by someone with yeah. diminishing goals. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the people who made the bottom part made yeah. less money than yeah. the people who were responsible for the top. Yeah. The top 1%. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: top 1% of ziggurats, good. 99% of the bricks. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense. It's the opposite.
0: It's the opposite. No, the, the top 1% of pyramids get paid way more even yeah. though they only use one, they need 1%. Of I mean, the,
2: it's like on the dollar bill, right? It's yeah. where the top floats. Yeah. The it's also the goes.
1: Illuminati yeah. eye. I don't
0: uh-huh. know. Yeah. Um, no, but you were just, it was a ziggurat joke. But, because when you're saying that the, it's 300 feet of solid concrete and then on top of that is the building and then I was yeah. like, what did they have to like climb up the side to get to the first floor? And then I was like, <laughs> and I was like oh, I guess that's like a cigarette where it's this huge base.
1: I'm assuming it's uh, underground.
2: Yeah. And I think like it's not, it's like four or five feet of concrete, which is a lot. Uh, but yeah, it's it's to make it bomb proof, um, literally.
0: Yeah. But it wasn't the people that tried to bomb the World Trade Center that were successful I, in the 90s. I, right.
2: Well, and it's also like, you know, my, my kind of attitude is that for if like, you, you let them win and you're, cause you're terrorized, like you've been yeah. terrorized mm-hmm. and now all of your yeah. buildings are reflecting it. And so like- uh, And now, you, you'll
4: never be able to build a building that can't be destroyed.
2: Right, exactly. Yeah. And and you know, now they're, it's, it's kind of amazing how in the aftermath of that, all of these kind of safety measures around terrorism have filtered their way into building codes and everything and building review processes. Um, you know, it's, like, really changed the way that people build.
4: This is, uh, it's like what you were saying about uh, people's uh, beliefs and feelings and uh, Mm -hmm. the the society is reflected in the the buildings that you get. Absolutely. You know, I I actually had a question about um, the grid. Yeah. Which was, uh, you guys were talking about marketing, right? And about uh, buildings being able to be marketed. Right. You know, and, like, cities being able to be marketed. But it seems like if... Like the, the more you get to the perfect rectangle and the closer you get to the perfect grid, the more things look alike and the less distinction you can mark it. It becomes less recognizable because it becomes more interchangeable.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of general... I, well, uh, Henri Lefebvre has this idea of the double I- uh, image is what he calls it, I think. And it's basically the idea that you need something that's kind of banal and, and miserable just as much as you need something that's kind of beautiful and and pristine and that's society requires both so um, this is kind of manifest itself in architecture where we have these kind of beautiful cities and skylines and everything else and then slums surrounding them like capitalism requires both things to survive Mm -hmm. and uh, um, the international style and Mies and grids kind of fit in this in an interesting way because on one level it's kind of supposed to be making the banal more beautiful um, and it was initially kind of very socially minded architecture, pretty much always, and uh, about kind of taking those those slums and and uh, poor neighborhoods and giving them nice buildings and everything else. I mean, it's it's a very paternalistic idea too. Um, but now it's kind of f- flipped where with mad Men and everything else mm-hmm. and society's kind of nostalgia complex, that these grids and these clean lines and everything else, uh, they're they're incredibly marketable actually um i mean
1: well um, i think i mean it's my belief that that it's because people are reactionary they wouldn't there wouldn't be this kind of like nth degree where every building is identical in the same most simplistic way because i think things are sort of cyclical and so people will be so sick of that that they'll build these maximalist buildings with flying buttresses or something just to be contrary i mean that's how I feel. Yeah,
0: like when, what's things. your prediction When's the flying buttress coming back? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's like, uh, yeah, very little chance in like at least tall buildings. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I fly. there's only so many tricks of the trade. There's only mm. so many like tools in an architect's arsenal um i mean people architects right now are so like with everyone i guess they're so obsessed with technology and you know at this aia convention everyone's like oh how do we disrupt architecture which just like makes me so crazy and, and there's like someone asked like we oh we want to be the uber of architecture like how do we do that what? i'm like what does that even mean but it's just like you know oh, like, that's like archigram i know we like it kind
0: of yeah they have the one the one film where what is it like Oh, because there was is that when the I worked Instagram at... of architecture. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that Instagram already is the Instagram of architecture. Yeah. Um It was when I worked at the MCA uh back in the day they had an Archogram show and they had this that was very mod. Well yeah. And the sixties uh they, and I'm trying to remember because they were like, Well, if if Oh, it was something like well if buses are you know houses that have people in them or whatever then why can't cities walk and then they like cut to this (laughs) like robot city that just walks and then yeah the the idea that yeah that it can you would just be have a self-contained city that moves
2: yeah archigram were like they're they were paper architects um absolutely they didn't build hardly anything actually one of the partners peter cook finally designed a museum um way late in his career but uh they were kind of on the, the avant garde of this like technophilic yeah. moment. And um, you know, which is kind of funny because they were they were hippies, they were leftists mm-hmm. and everything else, but this kind of technophilic ideology that they espoused is like actually counter to almost all of their purposes, I think. Um, to the point where, yeah, you know, fifty years later you show up at an AIA convention and people are uh, saying all these dumb things about technology and, and, and mm making all these assertions and, and asking all these really vague questions and trading in buzzwords. But like the, the last significant technological advance that impacted architecture in like a really big way was the, uh, the curtain wall, which is when you basically divorce the structure from, uh, a, of a building from the wall itself. So for, cause for most of human history, they were the mm-hmm. same thing. The wall held up the building. But in a skyscraper, the cladding is just cladding. It's a kind of skin, um, mm-hmm. which is really peculiar and changes the way that you do everything. But So
0: wait, how, okay, how, where's cantilevered fit into? <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, when you... Because you're saying most, most skyscrapers are built using cantilevers
2: uh kind yeah kind of um so you have a every skyscraper has a core which is you know almost exactly what it sounds like it's a kind of giant steel and and concrete
4: it's the building's abs yeah that's right
2: <laughs> yeah and it's it's yeah chiseled uh, abs of steel yeah <laughs> And uh, it's like a kind of spine though, and then all the floors and the structure kind of hang off of that. And in some instances, I mean, some buildings have columns and and everything Mm -hmm. else, skyscrapers, it kind of depends. But the the World Trade Center was novel in that it was mostly supported through its core, and then you just kind of had the floor slabs cantilevering off of that spine. So Marina City in Chicago is the same Mm -hmm. way, right? You could actually um, tear down uh any of the floors in that building and and it would kind of look like a you know half-eaten cobbled corn so it already looks it like already that. looks it looks like a, <laughs> it looks like a corn looks like yeah, an uneaten. uh uniform. oh
0: yeah those are cool some <laughs> yeah. of my fa- two yeah, of my a, favorite mm-hmm. buildings or i guess mm-hmm. one you know
2: yeah bertram goldberg is great um and bertram goldberg is also fantastic when it comes to cities.
1: <laughs> the dogs have been a
2: nightmare. Oh,
0: he just barked in his sleep.
1: But I had an, I had a nightmare yesterday that I uh, was getting expelled for not doing a math test. And then I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I already graduated. <laughs>
0: that's
1: <laughs> that's, so, that's I was what probably, Luigi's
0: dreaming about. He's probably. Like, but I don't need, I, wait, I'm a dog. I shouldn't be in this math class. <laughs> um, oh, to go back to the ideology thing, there's this great, and by great I mean awful, but wonderful telling, quote, uh, Milton Friedman makes the, this observation in the movie The Corporation, you know, that's sort like of like
2: Milton Friedman, the terrible, like, uh, economist. economist.
0: Yeah. Um, cause you know how you were talking before about like the argument that Mies van der Rohe's buildings, you know, reflect the abstract nature of capitalism. Yeah. And so he, he's like, you know, cause the whole movie is about like the, the moral abdication, abdication, sorry, <laughs> of capitalism, you know, like saying that, it, this is not uh, uh, good. <laughs> Basically, I mean, that, that corporations are, uh, you know, behaving as as psychopaths or whatever. You know, it's kind of funny because um,
2: he like he seemed to have actively promoted that with everything that he did in his life. Yeah,
0: and then yeah. so he has this thing where he's like. He's like, this is, you know, it's ridiculous to say that like an economic system has morality or has an obligation. He's like, does a building have morality? Does a building represent, like, yes. He has, like, literally, yes. like, <laughs> like oh his God, argument yes. it was like, oh, okay. So, yes, you just made, like, it, it's just this amazing quote where he's like he's like can you hold a building responsible for a society's beliefs or something like that and you're like this built as a representation of those beliefs like absolutely yeah and
2: that's like what you were saying is that you know uh in in capitalism we love to think that this is a kind of like natural and, and ideology free yeah. system and world and that everything that happens within it is is somehow divorced from and disabused of any any uh-huh. kind of responsibility or, or uh, malice of character and it's just not the case yeah.
0: that it's somehow objective like the yeah. grid too that the, the grid is like just this self-evident truth right.
2: and it's not and that's and that's why you know uh, I mean maybe my politics are definitely showing but like and I still love Mies van and one of the mm-hmm. reasons why I love Mies is because he you know I think that there's a there's a power uh, it, when you're able to kind of expose those value systems for what they are. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, which, which is kind of a peculiar thing because I, I almost love Mies because he's so abject. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that anyone um, uh, uh, does a better job in architecture, anyway. Of like, I mean, if you go to Federal Plaza, and you stand in Federal Plaza, there's this kind of weird doubleness that happens where you're a part of the city, but you're removed from it at the same time. And it's like, it's very isolating, but you can still see everything that's happening and the buildings are kind of collecting it and the reflections. And so it's like, it's a very kind of unsettling and unnerving experience. And I I think that's what makes it powerful and and actually kind of deeply progressive. I don't, you know, and of course Mies being apolitical, and and I, you know, mm-hmm. having read about him, none of that was intended at all. He was just kind of about making a, a building uh, so of its time, and he didn't really consciously yeah. ever say what that meant, but he clearly like knew what it was, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting. Uh,
1: I like that idea. That I mean, I think that about artists too, that you can make something better than you even know that it is. Yeah. And yeah. I think it doesn't it doesn't mean you're not smart or that you did it by accident. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's how you know something's great is when it's even better than you can describe it. Yeah.
0: Certainly. Yeah. When it and, comes back to you.
1: Yeah.
2: And I always because I you know, I have a kind of very you know, obviously, like, I teach theory. I have a kind of, like, cerebral way of uh, approaching and interpreting things. So whenever I I used to hear artists talk about, like, self-expression and, like, oh, this is my expression, I always thought that it was kind of, like, foofy bullshit. Um, And to an extent, like, I think when half of people say that, it is foofy bullshit. But I've also, like, I, I saw, like, a... I've been to a lot of panel discussions recently, and like seeing, uh, especially with filmmakers, and listening to a lot of filmmakers try to explain their art and talk on these panels, it's 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 awful. But the films were so amazing and like said so much, and I was like, okay, like I get it now. Like maybe you can't express yourself except through this (laughs) media. Yeah, and that was kind of like really heartening. (laughs) Made me feel a lot less cynical.
4: Uh, If a space being. Gross and alienating and ugly is enough to suggest the problem within an ideology. Yeah. Then why are art spaces still the way that they've been for the last forty years? Like the white cube. The white cube.
1: Yeah, and this is a good question to segue into the real reason we
0: have you here, which is to answer for the crimes of architecture (laughs) against 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 art. Uh, (laughs) (laughs)
1: Ah, and there are many.
2: Mies was a really fantastic uh, offender, actually. I mean, like in the the Gallery, like they just oh, but hang, I love the hang all of the paintings on panels from the ceilings, which I yeah. which I actually think is is great. I mean, in the same way that like you know he was exposing all of these problems with capitalism in the yeah. really roundabout ways. Maybe he was exposing problems of the white cube by being like here yeah. here's another way, and it's also terrible.
1: Uh, well, I like oh. that too because like that but I, yeah, is but the Metropolitan like Williams- National Gallery. <laughs> yeah. but that's like what Christopher Williams is like desperately trying to do, like trying too what? hard to do, I feel like, cuz in to it, do in what? the production line of happiness, he had all these walls that he oh, yeah. like Oh, he was like what if I shut show- this wall down? Right, and then like showed you the mechanism of how the walls attached to the part of this part of the other wall and whatever.
0: But then you're like, "Oh, that's cool." Right, How but, walls?
1: Yeah, but to me, but I think that, that's the stops. That so that just there, go, "Oh, that's point sort of move on."
0: There's a point in every heady conceptualist male artist's life where he says, "What would happen if I just put a wall on the ground?" Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem is he had enough money to actually do it. I, well, I put, most grad students I just two, don't have that. I
0: put two walls on the ground in a show. <laughs> I'm looking at How Andre. Dare you. <laughs> But we, I don't know, just, was that this oh, a dova temp gown? Yeah, but it, I remember that. You put that two now. walls
2: on the floor. Does that mean they were like? They
0: were. Oh uh, uh, fuck! Can't it... they were cantilevered uh, <laughs> curtain walls. Uh, they were non-load bearing. They were just two walls that we built in. We to built out the in wall. the space, and then the you floor. tilted
2: them over.
0: Yeah, I did, We just, I just. Uh, I also felt really good that that my friends that went to help that helped me did it just are they're more like uh inclined in that way and they sort of just i said what i wanted to do and then they're just sort of like all right like we're all working on it then they're like just stand over here and then they just like did it (laughs) so i was like i feel like this is like work is getting done because I'm not doing it. You know, Yeah, like, I yeah. want this big, get, wall. like it made it more, it made it you more physical. That, you feel
1: that power that Jeff Koons feels every yeah. time he opens his eyes in the morning.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, but there's something that makes it more physical when you, when you like, I have organized these people together to put into action, laying this heavy piece of, drywall and wood on the floor and like you know this this team of people have done that and I've stood there and watched it happen. It made it seem like more physical than if you're actually doing it. Yeah. Um must have been great to build a pyramid. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You there. Up. Up
4: (laughs) like imagine if you were a pharaoh and you're just like and you're there. Imagine it every day. (laughs) And you're there in Giza and and you're looking and the the pyramid's like 80% done, you're like
0: yeah, it's looking real good. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to die. So, so when it's 80% done, is that like, I don't know. Cause a pyramid like kind of looks like a thing that, like I was saying, it's, I just, yeah. It, when it's I, 80% I
1: done, it's just a ziggurat. Yeah. It's a
0: trapezoid. It's uh but I love the, uh, um, yeah, the, the quip, I don't know who said it or what, but that, you know, pyramid is, it's a, uh, Cube built by something with diminishing expectations. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Just like sometimes you just want to put a wall on the floor.
2: Yeah, I. But then doesn't it just become the, the floor? I don't know. It's like a large. <laughs> pl- <laughs> 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 so what God, an excellent that, question. Is that
1: or is that like? Is that no? It just becomes like a, stool, like a stool, like a stair, uh... like a single stair. No, it
0: became a platform.
1: <laughs> right? Isn't that just like a very small?
0: Uh, a very low platform, but a very large one. Yeah, it really but like a... It was, you know,
1: what do you call that thing where you put a thing on it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, ped- that thing. Uh, a pedestal? A pedestal. It's just a very tiny, wide pedestal. It's the chode of pedestals. <laughs> I think... Uh, Mom, don't look that up on Urban Dictionary, please.
0: <laughs> uh, the platform, my most hated of all pedestals. <laughs> the chode of pedestals. <laughs> But that is what a platform is. It's like a very wide, low to the ground. uh... (laughs) When
1: they said wide load. (laughs) Um,
0: It's a thing that, you know, it's a large, it's like a a, a second floor. (laughs) But in Europe, it's the first floor. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. What the hell do they call platforms over there?
4: (laughs) Oh, the literal translation in French is uh, étage. So Stage. Yeah. that's
1: what I was gonna uh, say it's a stage
4: it's like a frame around a, a horizontal space the same way that a frame on a wall you know frames a vertical space
0: yeah and both are invitations uh to to enter an arena in which to act
1: Interesting. Ooh. Well, while not being a a very cool conceptual male, I wouldn't know. You were, just like, you were
0: just like, hey you goober, put those walls back up. <laughs>
1: Why are you doing it with a perfectly good wall? You got it all dusty? Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: those, but Footprints those walls in it. the photo galleries downstairs are those weird walls where they like... They're modular, so yeah. you can
1: move them. I mean, almost uh, all the walls in the museum are modular. Yeah.
0: yeah. But I guess what Christopher Williams this... was
1: like is, did you know these walls were modular?
0: So, yeah, so to, to dip our toe into that architects making bad bad buildings yeah well i don't know that Um,
2: you know i would maybe uh like
0: so what so so
1: where do you get
0: off
2: yeah (laughs) i don't think it's the architect's fault uh Lie. <laughs> well, is, fault <laughs> is it that it's Well people are just making the trustees art that needs who, to be yeah, yeah it's it's the clients of these yeah. institutions uh, who hire the architects. I mean they they expect their buildings to be done in a particular way and you know the the, the kind of white cube is a, a signifier right. of a lot of different things. But and, there's a couple Well yeah, I mean I'm And so like the I mean to the architects like Like you, what?
1: Like expound on that
2: too well like uh, i would say that when you're if you if you were uh, um oh man i listened to the last episode with masterpiece what was it what was what were the characters names there's like wilhelmina
1: von snooten yeah so if yeah. wilhelmina
2: von snooten right like shows <laughs> up to a gallery uh to buy something and it's not like a white cube, like uh, you know, it might it might throw off her uh, her bidding. Like this is kind of yeah. like what uh, what a what an art market connoisseur w- would expect. It's part of the ritual of the space, right? And um, you know, the architect's agency in creating that is kind of it's it's really pretty limited. Uh, so architects don't have like uh, nearly the degree of autonomy. Um, but I would
0: say in the in. When art museums fail, yeah, are when they f- fuck up the white cubeness, like, <laughs> so like, yeah, uh, they have,
2: no one's really come up with a better way to show a lot of
0: different but kinds like, of modern art. So, well, f- so for example, like the Renzo Piano building, yeah, um, at the Art Institute, like it has this, and I mean, I'm sure some of it, no, well, yeah, a lot of it is like the donor request, but it has this huge atrium lobby space that is like tons of wasted space like think of how much more gallery space you would have Mm -hmm. if you just like still had a big lobby but you like covered that floor instead of having it cut in half um but then there's things like that's not climate controlled so you not only do you have this enormous space you can only put art that can be outdoor sculpture in that space too because otherwise it'll well you know it's like the air isn't uh-huh. And moisture aren't controlled.
2: And well, like Ren- Renzo Piano's, it's interesting because he's made an entire career out of museums, uh, yeah. almost exclusively. Him and Richard and can Meyer. And do it right. Yeah. yeah and because and, his his first famous building um, was oh man, I forget. I know. It's in Texas somewhere. Wait, Piano um, or the other guy? Renzo Piano. Oh, I thought in, it's not. Uh, first...
1: It's at the the uh, Figi... no the um. The Kimball Art Museum in, yeah. D- in Fort Worth.
2: Wait, but wasn't he on the that team that Louis did
0: Louis. the Pompidou? Uh He was. Like, yeah.
2: like him and Richard Rodgers.
0: Yeah. but Which by all accounts is like. he on
1: ACMA or did I make that up? Uh,
0: he worked on Sound of Music. <laughs> <laughs> of Hod- Hodgers and Hammerstein. <laughs> I don't. I
2: mean, I know
1: Richard. Oh
2: my God! Oh, because he he's p- a piano. Ren, oh, I get it now. No, no, <laughs> I know, no That <laughs> wasn't where he was. My assumption: I the guy who the, the guy who level. worked
4: on it was yeah, it was Rod Richard Rogers and, and yeah. Oscar Hammerstein. Yeah, my assumption is that. Also get
0: that?
2: Now. Oh, <laughs> I was talking about Renzo Piano. No, anyway. no, but
0: Renzo Piano happened to work with an architect that happened to have the same name as a Sound of Music composer.
1: Right, and Renzo and Piano just happens to have the name of a musical a instrument.
0: Yeah, Well, doesn't that mean just floor or something? A piano? Yeah. Uh, a in, plan.
1: Or a wall, plan. as you may call it.
0: Well, no, like in, in Italian, I think, like, don't they call floors pianos? I don't know. It's
1: yeah, so, yeah, they do, it's because the like restaurant that, just, is called Terzo the, Piano, which means on the which floor, is, floor. Which
2: is also, I think, related to, like, you know, architectural plans. Um, yeah. And plan, plan, planimetry.
4: So, yeah. But about the white cube. Yeah. The um you say, uh, well, you know, this is it's it has utility, right? Because it's versatile. Right. But isn't one of the reasons that it's so stultifying is that it is versatile? And that if places were actually comfortable with making uh like installations that were uh you know admitting that they had a relationship with the space that they existed inside of, that there wouldn't be this, like, abdication of moral responsibility?
2: Right, uh, yeah, and uh, I think the, the versatility is also, uh, like, deeply inscribed. So, um, you know, there's a kind of, the whiteness of the walls is a fact, or at least a, a neutral color, and the, there's, you know, obviously size limitations that are just kind of practical. So it's, it's, it achieves that ideological kind of aim that you're talking about. And uh, but but also is really restrictive, even though well, yeah. it has. Imposs- it's, I mean, well, it's, like, it, it's signifies versatility and objectivity, but in, it's it's absolutely not. Uh, well, it was going to um.
1: in defense of the white cube, there's.
0: It's the best ever. Yeah, thing. There's
1: no way of knowing. <laughs> like I understand that it's it's not it. it it's not a blank canvas because of all the ideology behind it. Yeah. But there's no way of knowing what what will as you actually can get be with shown. A law. <laughs> well, it's it's Well, it's, it's you don't know what's going to be shown in there. Like right. in perpetuity. So it's as good as you can get to having something that well, this can is another this is again
0: another be Renzo problem that that now maybe again, well uh well, I, I don't know a, I don't an know. art uh, uh, a rent, well a building is is a camel designed by a committee or whatever you know like yeah. you say that uh a, a camel is a horse designed by committee yeah. so um but they, they it has things where it's like the reason they have to like shut down the street and rent a four million dollar crane to put things on the sculpture terrace mm-hmm. because the only elevator that goes there is a like five person passenger right. elevator so there's stuff like that where i'm like i think you could still be true to the white cube, um, and have you know a freight Logistics. elevator. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, and I guess I also am not ideologically opposed to the white cube from like a feel theo- like a theoretical perspective, mm-hmm. because as we know from our our good friend Boris Groys, a museum is a place where you go to see art and a lot of people think that that's a problem that art should be brought out to the world right but I really am a strong believer and advocate for like for liminal spaces where Mm -hmm. you go to have a certain experience and then the things that you see while you're having that experience are changed because of your attitude and your um, intentionality and your sort of atmosphere and the white cube is the signifier, even to people who are not Wilhelmina von Newton, <laughs> that you're yeah. supposed to be having an art experience. And and maybe- It's the, the... temple
4: on top of a platform. Right. Yeah. But
1: I, And I actually, right. a lot of people think it's horrible to make yeah. a museum a temple to art because it ruins the art. But I disagree because I think that Looking at things in a, in an art context where you go and you like have that like pilgrimage experience, you like take off your shoes, so to speak, and mm-hmm. calm yourself and say, "I'm entering into this spiritual you take realm." Shoes, you
0: say, "Nina, calm down. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> We're art. gonna go see art.
1: uh You it's need to wear shoes strange. in the museum." Yeah. <laughs> actually, I don't think that that's a problematic. I mean, it's certainly a problematic way to see some art because you can't talk about art without completely contradicting yourself while also saying one thing yeah. and another thing. So definitely it's not everything. But I I like that com- contemplative thing and the the white cube signifies that that's about to happen. So, But maybe the white cube isn't... Maybe we should as yeah. a society make a new thing that is the thing. Yeah, there's, but, but there's, there's some, a, a million
2: ways to construct ritual and that is the architect's yeah. responsibility and a client doesn't know how to do that or at least that's why they hire right. us um for our expertise in doing that uh so like you know the renzo piano that kind of galley like double height yeah. space in the art institute i it's a very ritualistic space that yeah I, I think primes you f- for that and, yeah
0: because yeah and the i'm um, the whole concept like they talk about it as like a main street or this like yeah uh yeah, this gathering point and that's like where you're talking and then you go off of it into these quiet spaces. Right. So that's the part where you go and check your phone or talk with people and meet up and then it's like okay big why we're
3: going in the thing. <laughs>
1: Although I love talking loudly in the museum because there's no... There is no explicit... I mean, if you're, like, screaming, they'll be like, tell you to stop. But, like, there's no explicit thing that says that you have to speak quietly while you're in the museum. There should
0: be a thing that says turn off your fucking skeuomorphological sound effect for your camera phone.
1: That's <laughs> true. Like, uh,
0: like, do you realize you're making quick. noise? Yeah, like, because it's literally like... And it's like... First of all, it's, it's a phone. It's noise. not a camera. It's and like, then, yeah, it's a shutter.
1: It's a combination shutter noise and mirror reflex noise. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't exist in a so phone. Yeah, Neither either of them, them exist. It's
0: completely false. Yeah, I remember that when digital cameras were coming out and like my art teacher was like, oh, it's so cool. It even makes like a camera sound when you take a picture. Oh, God. Uh, um,
1: but. Th- e- yeah, and I don't – it's so weird for me to, like, be badmouthing the Art Institute after so long of talking about how great it is. But um, I happen to know that that Main Street effect is entirely
0: – Bullshit, no.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, entire, it's entirely antithetical to the point of going to the modern wing because people don't know there's art there, literally. Yeah. And no matter what you do – if you put benches in there, if you put a sculpture in there, if you literally put people standing in the middle of the thing being like, hello, what art would you like to see today? People just walk straight through it into the rest of the museum. They don't go off to the sides. Now, partially, they then will orient their visit differently. And maybe that's even a better, like a more ideal visit because you're seeing art chronologically more if you go to the older part of the museum first mm-hmm. then you sort of might even have some historical context as to what you're seeing then when you go to the modern wing but um that that hallway effect is uh-huh. so dominant yeah that almost nothing can be done to stop it yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's
0: like, they could put some freestanding walls yeah <laughs> Oh my Congrats. god! That's what I want to do. Is I'm, that's yeah? They, when I have on the my floor, f- <laughs> they yeah. uh,
1: they did that. Christopher Williams literally did that. It made no difference.
0: No, dude. When I have my focus show at the Art Institute, you're gonna enter the oh. modern wing, and then it's just gonna be this like, uh, wall. It's gonna be like a wall stopping. <laughs> That so, you have to like turn right it. and go into the gallery, yeah, and you know, oh, and man, then you I come out to the back end no. by the restroom <laughs> from your
1: mouth to God's ears. I hope you get a now, focus show to do that.
0: There's
4: a, um, a, I think a technical like sonic reason that that space that you're describing has doors on the galleries, right? Which is that sometimes they show video art or sound art mm-hmm. that has a sonic component. And one of the enormous failures of museums in the second half of the 20th century, it in my opinion, is failing to adequately provide for spaces to... For film. To have any kind of sound yeah. element. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and a, they those, turn shit down.
1: I mean, and that's...
4: Like if you Boris have have Royce those, has
1: a whole section cones. about that as well. Um, oh, yeah. The yeah, the clone. cone of
4: silence, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that watching a film is antithetical... Antithetical, is that the word? Yeah. To the way that you... Walk around a museum, which is that you stroll around from thing to thing or bounce around the room.
0: Yeah, you're controlling time. This is a
4: way in which the architecture of, say, a traditional museum like the Louvre is conducive to a particular kind of art Mm -hmm. uh, consumption, which is that, you know, it's way too big for you to ever see everything. So there's no reason for you to to even... attempt it right? right and all of the spaces bleed into each other in these giant wide open hallways so you know it's easy to see something from far away or from up close and you can see oh there's that thing that i wanted to see and then you can walk all the way up to it right Un- unlike say like the modern wing mm-hmm. where you know you have
1: there are artificial walls yeah. it separating. turns it
4: into this little um, you know that each Short, space narrow. is a little
1: white cube which which is what they actually tried to undo with the new installation and it made it terrible.
0: Well, what they did uh <laughs> it's ter- they just painted the walls gray. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Like, no uh, more no, white cube. This is a uh g- gray cube. It's <laughs> which, yeah, which
2: is like scientifically slightly more neutral, right? Yeah, But like uh I don't know. Can I suggest that the problem, again, is, like, capitalism? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, uh,
1: if you want... it's like, yeah. <laughs> I've been saying this the whole time. <laughs>
2: so, because, because the, the issue is that, I mean, architects can do anything, uh, and especially in console, we don't have the expertise always to know what the best kind of space is to create for film, and maybe it's different depending on the kind of film, and et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. but we can, we can do any of, any of that. Um, It's just a matter of having the resources there, and you can even make immensely kind of reconfigurable spaces that go beyond the kind of. um, But then they look like uh,
0: exposition halls or exhibition halls.
2: Have to, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do it. There's a guy, there's a Dutch guy named Habraken who came up with this thing called uh, levels of control, and they're basically, you know, if you think about a building uh the building structures obviously the kind of bones are much much more mo- the most important thing right they're the most permanent thing they're not going anywhere but then there's a you know systems that are laid over top of those bones that all have different degrees of permanence so it's not just about kind of having walls on casters that can roll around because Building a wall, like it's intensive, but it doesn't have to be that intensive. Right. And so, if if you're designing right and you have the resources to do it, you can kind of endlessly reconfigure a lot of buildings um, to to you know, uh, in a way mm-hmm. that's not just kind of uh, ad hoc. Um, if you if you know what you're yeah. what you're up to, but that requires resources and and will and you know. Um, yeah. That's, the market economy
1: I, takes a lot of that away, especially from art. Well, As, I this, really liked yeah. the Lucy McKenzie focus show, speaking of your focus show. Yeah. It was supposed to look like a pavilion. I mean that was how the walls were structured so it would look like a like a fair or something. And then the window, the front window, but had a whole installation so it looked like a shop
0: or something. It looked like a shop window from the movie yeah. M.
1: Yeah. And then the, then there was but a video was the part at the end different. of there
0: to me was well, like no, they oh they have that
1: triangle of of paintings on those like pavilion
0: yeah, yeah but that just looked like a triangle of paintings <laughs> like I I I it was... but I,
1: I thought they did a good job with the video there too it was a silent video so the sound wasn't a problem at all but what they didn't do was put a like warning this video has sensitive content in it because this is the girl who fo- followed Marple.
0: Oh, God, yeah. Which
1: I love I love that video. It's hysterical. But it does involve her, like, taking out a Diva cup and, like, throwing her menstrual blood everywhere. And a bunch of, like, like 12-year-old schoolboys went in, like, cool, a video! And they <laughs> ran out screaming because they forgot to put a sign. That and is was, weird like, really because they like always, that. like, overwarn shit. I know they forgot to do that, it for the that, first like three a, weeks of the exhibition. That's like
0: a, a specific kind of visual trauma. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I well, I like that she made that a storefront because it looks like. That's what that's it looks the like. other problem with that space is it looks like you're in a high end mall and you're like this is a dealership or something you know, mm-hmm. this is a. Well, you
1: should park a car in there for your show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, it looks like it looks like, like a, a Rolls Royce. Yeah, or like uh like when you go to like what was it like Old Orchard or something like that high-end outdoor mall and like you go around the corner and it's like there's a Tesla car just in a glass storefront this <laughs> way you could have made that a uh I don't know any other sort of retail space. Mm-hmm. And it looks like that at the um Modern Wing. Yeah. <laughs> what we we talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um but the other thing I like like uh, this other museum I've been to a bunch of times that uh, Renzo Piano designed. I also like so when they had the groundbreaking of the one at Chicago, um, Mayor Daly mispronounced his name. <laughs> um, what did he say? He said renzio Piano. Renzio
2: Piano. <laughs> All right. <Okay. laughs> so I always think of that. Uh,
0: so he designed this building in Switzerland, the uh, Zentrum Paul Clay. It's like the Paul Clay Museum building, mm-hmm. and it's got these like three humps that is a camel (laughs) that reference, (laughs) you know, the hill that it's built into. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, I mean, it is a cool building because it totally looks like a spaceship that crashed into a hill. And it's like, you know, an ancient spaceship or something. So like the hill is reclaiming this like thing that crashed into it. Um, But it's also the, the main big hill or the big hump. Um, is the main sort of special exhibition space. But it looks like, you know, it looks like an airplane hangar because it's this, like, curved thing. And so, like, the exhibitions always have this sort of, like, art fair feel. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that's interesting, because, you know, you're talking about, like... That's another... (laughs) That's a whole other
1: can of worms.
0: (laughs) Um, Like, you're saying that you like that Mies made the Noya National Gallery in this way that has these weird walls that are sort of saying, like... Well, the white cube's better than nothing, or like better than this, or like, yeah.
2: So there's something not right here, or this yeah. is this is uncomfortable somehow.
0: Yeah. So they so it's this huge space, and then they have these, you know, they're probably plenty high, but you are the whole time you're like, there's this, they're just these freestanding walls that are not mm-hmm. permanent. But then they were also saying that some of those walls, like because it's made to be super configurable because it's basically this Mm hangar type space. But then they were also like, oh, we want to move these ones. And then they're like, no, those are (laughs) load-bearing. But they're like, they look like temporary walls, like where it's like a big pole coming out of it. And so, you know, only some of it's covered in wall, but they're like that, that... Looks temporary, but it can't move. It's permanent, you know. Yeah, that's holding the. Oh, that's not together. great architecture. Yeah, but I
2: mean, Renzo Piano, the way that he sells his services to all those these museums. Well, hey, now he has a name for himself doing museum mm-hmm. design. I mean, I think he just did the Whitney, right? The new Whitney mm-hmm. building, and uh, but but is it's really about bringing north light into the museum, um, mm-hmm. and. Richard Meyer has done kind of the same thing. So I'm from Atlanta originally, and, and Renzo Piano also did the modern wing of the High Museum, and uh, it has like this kind of egg egg crate shape of the roof, and all of the windows in the roof face north. It's the same thing uh. at the Art Institute, where there's all these kind of fins, and they only uh. let light come in from the north, because north light is even, and it's, no, it, it's never direct. So you're never getting direct UV rays on uh-huh. any of the work, um, which is important. So there's, like, there's probably, like, all these, there's all these, like, dumb practical reasons that, like, go into a lot of that stuff. Like, uh... what
0: happens when the sun goes across the sky?
2: Well, the sun, the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, but the arc that it takes is always southerly. So it always goes, like, uh... I don't know how to describe mm. that, yeah. but there's never there's in, in the, the northern
0: hemisphere.
4: There's
2: no in the northern hemisphere. Yeah. Oh shit. So are are these, the, like, are these like reverse, like bizarre
0: occupancy. world Renzo Piano south of the equator? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And then he'll the shit like of
2: toilets, g- toilets the opposite yeah. Way. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you have to think about it in, in context other than museums too, right? Like, yeah. I, um, you know, a lot of sustainable sustainable design is uh-huh. about light gain and solar gain. So you have to figure out where your windows are facing. Yeah. Is, yeah. This, yeah.
4: is the mirror universe Renzo Piano? Does he have a little goatee? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: He's
1: evil. Or what if,
2: w- what if we have the evil Renzo Piano? I'm pretty sure we have the evil Renzo Piano. <laughs> I mean, um, Renzo Piano does sound like a Bond villain name if yeah. you think about it. It's
0: <laughs> um, well, because the other, you know, thinking of ways to die, um, <laughs> the offices are in one of the other humps at the museum I'm talking. Yeah. I've been talking about. And, um, it's this weird, so again, they're like offices, but they don't really have cubicles. So, um, there's sort of these, like, it's sort of like Ikea concepts of, of rooms, you know, where they're like, we set up these room like situations, but a lot of it is in the middle of the floor. So you're like, what if we're going to show you what a bedroom's like, but this isn't in the room part. So this is like. A bedroom with no walls, you know. So we have all the furniture of a bedroom, but there's not actually a division of it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of workspaces like that where it's like, well, it's not a wall, or there's just like a file cabinet or something. But also adding to the the in, the oddness of this is everyone has these giant beach umbrellas over their desks. <laughs> what? Because what? because of this, it sun? is a giant greenhouse in there, and oh. it's like there is no way to cool it because it's this huge open glass. Enclosure, so oh. like it's like super difficult to control. Or maybe he's oh
1: like, God, he's try- that's so yeah, bad. That sounds terrible.
0: Maybe he's like really trying to get away from this
4: whole North yeah. Light thing. And yeah. <laughs> to, so there's disastrous like disastrous effect. It's just because so. he's evil. It's <laughs> yeah. he's got Are this the. Are the umbrellas to, to
0: prevent the light from hitting you? Yeah. So people like don't get. Sunburn, uh, sunburn so and like it, but... aren't like all heated up and like. But it's not like
4: a greenhouse in that the that water collects on the ceiling
0: and drops on it. <laughs> no, it's it's a greenhouse. In that it, it, That'd it, be a great art it, environment. It, the light comes in point. and it's trapped and it heats the air and it. You know. Oh my god! <laughs> well, I can only
4: imagine like a if you were to design a zoo and it's just like there's this giant pit in the center of a huge building and all the animals <laughs> are just stacked on top of each other. <laughs>
1: And
3: what like,
4: color no, this are is, the umbrellas? Is, these are open concept caves. <laughs>
0: yeah, just... what,
1: what color? What color are the umbrellas? Green. Are they solid green? Or are they like stripy? They're solid green. Oh, so it doesn't look like a like a 1920s beach or something. No, <laughs> it looks like a, <laughs> rot- a
0: modern resort. And then, and then also, then it probably also has this weird effect of feeling like you should be like maybe there could be this whole uh, people, you know, like. Uh, it sounds like you're describing the patio outside of a Starbucks. Yeah. No, it's like that. It is. It's like this, uh, what do you say, social engineering type thing where it's like, well, these people are happier at their job because, it, because of this sun all the time yeah. and these umbrellas. It has this sensation of being in a tropical, nice place. So they're like more happy to do their work or something. Instead of being no, miserable
1: there's... that they have to set up an umbrella
2: just to not office, be hot. Yeah. architects say anything I mean they say anything and and what we we mix up all the time is that we actually are just constantly building signifiers that don't, rarely ever hit the mark in doing Uh what they're supposed to be doing, right? So like for example, this kind of main street in the art in the art institute is it's like it's it doesn't function as a main street like it's really terrible at what it does
0: but it's the idea of a main but you're street. you like we call it that, so uh, that's what it is. Yeah,
2: and that's almost more more important or at least more saleable. Um, yeah. So like, I don't know. It's really deeply frustrating as an architect. I'm I'm curious. Like, what do you guys think about the Tate Modern space? The kind of what do they call it? The Turbine Room.
0: Oh yeah, the, the Turbine Hall.
2: Yeah, the Turbine Hall. Yeah, that's a Herzog um, and de project. They're big shots. I
1: went to.
0: Wait, what did they? Modern, what did they not put things in it? Yeah, <laughs> our, I mean our they, concept for this, this. Well, that's
1: you said that that was the only. <laughs> like, um, what's that lady's name?
4: What lady? The Janice?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. Zaha Hadid. No. Um,
0: we could do a whole episode on that.
1: A whole episode about me not knowing what artists. I'm Wait, about. so,
0: um, can you tell me more about this person
1: that did the giant crack?
0: Oh, uh, Dor Salcedo.
1: Thank you. You told me that that was like the only Dor Salcedo work that you really liked.
0: Yeah, and
2: then there's the you know the old the famous Wolf Eliasson and Sun yeah. project. But his practice is very spatial, so yeah, in the sense that it would be an yeah. A very spacey space.
1: I'm gonna keep it a hundred right now and just tell you that I didn't go to that part of Tate Modern <laughs> while I was there, and well, I regret it, is... it because it was when I way way had all what? the sunflower seeds.
0: What? I
1: also didn't pay to go see that stupid Damien Hirst crystal skull nonsense. So.
0: Good. <laughs> yeah, but that I mean that <laughs> one one is uh, uh, it was free.
1: I know. I felt It stupid. was like right
0: fucking there. I know. You're just, I just like didn't no. See it. I don't know. Hey, I don't hey, know hey, what happened. Over here there's a really impressive thing. Eh. You came all the way to England. <laughs> I I'll, I'll just oi. go this far into England.
1: <laughs> we saw a great show about process art there and I finally nice. understood. I I saw this video. I have no idea who the artist was, but it was like a video of garbage just tumbling in the wind. And I was like, I you understand, understand process art.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. The artist is named Wes Bentley.
0: <laughs> I mean, that was, that is video art. <laughs> you can't say it's not art. Uh,
1: anyway, I was like, I finally understand process art.
4: <laughs> I don't, um. You know, uh, a very specific space that I think does a great job of being multi-purpose without abdicating its, um, uh, responsibility room at the school (laughs) well is is ps1
2: oh you know which is uh, architects show there all the time actually they have a big architecture competition every year
4: yeah and it has uh spaces that are dedicated to particular kinds of um, spatial experiences like the um the terrell room on the Mm -hmm. top floor and those uh in the in front of the building it has the, the courtyard with all the separated mm-hmm. concrete walls that's uh, create different spaces and you know. I they- love
0: that part. It's like being in Doom or one of those like first person <laughs> shooting games where you're just like <laughs> endless courtyards that are empty. That, yeah, it seemed like know. that
4: would be a, like PS one really ought to be a map in Team Fortress or, yeah. or yeah, <laughs> it's- yeah, it's
0: like walking through that courtyard entering is like when you've killed all the creatures on the level and you're trying to find this one thing and then you have this like moment of being in complete isolation cuz you're like in hell but you killed all the demons and then it's just eternal emptiness which I would say is the true hell. <laughs> and, and also oh the way that
4: and people so a anyway, museum we love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to museum. Yeah.
1: Well, how much of PS I haven't actually been there, but how much of it is a public school? Like was is it actually a building of a school? Yeah.
0: Was that so courtyard like that, that when it was a public school? Because I also imagine that would be really fucked up for kids. No,
4: I think the primary intervention uh, in turning it into an art space was in creating this this cement labyrinth in front of it.
2: Yeah, and uh, then they have uh, a pavilion that that changes every year that architects do. Yeah, some of them have been really bad.
1: <laughs> like for example, <laughs> should that <not tell laughs>
2: There was one that was just like a, it was like a water world. and it was supposed to be about um, make some kind of commentary on sustainability and everything else but it was like literally a kind of like kids water park mini water park which was was fun I guess it was Mm -hmm. fun, Uh, people splashed around but um, (laughs) but like as a a cultural statement it was like uh,
1: lacking perhaps Mm. Uh,
4: in the winter often they put up a tent yeah (laughs) yeah this
1: is... <laughs> <laughs> is a tent an architectural structure
0: there you go that's yes. that's your uber of architecture that's your uber of architecture <laughs> rent a tent yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, just a man
1: rent a tent that's the name of the rent you know tent. you're like oh it's not a pavilion
0: no,
2: it's like t- tent tenter or something yeah like what oh. would you <laughs> yeah what would we is that is that
0: like what what the meeting then turned into where they're like, we need to be like the Uber of architecture. And then the... In, we need to be the grinder of architecture. <laughs> then the entire thing ends up like, we'll figure out what that actually is later, but right now we just have to come up with the name for it. Yeah,
1: Wait, isn't Airbnb the Uber of architecture?
2: Uh, I had the worst Airbnb experience in Philadelphia. I had never done it, but it was like...
4: Error number one going I to Philadelphia. <laughs> I know
2: <laughs> yeah and we were like stayed in this airbnb in north philly and i had stayed in like north philly before and like uh but it was just like being in someone's ashtray but like human scale it was really wow yeah no. it was not great um but we, you know we didn't stay there for very long I, that was the first I'm airbnb that i'd ever done and i' will, i don't know i'll stick with my like motel sixes you know what you're <laughs> expecting right
0: no. I uh, I have an announcement. It would be called Architecture, and there would just be no E at the end of it.
2: Uh, <laughs> or U before it? Would that work? I was uh, thinking of
0: that, but then it would, then people would think it's Architecture. Uh, I guess what if we were called Arch Deluxe? Architecture.
1: Like the golden arches. <laughs> well, like the
4: sandwich from McDonald's from the yeah. 90s. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if, if you, you might be too young to remember the Rumply. Arch Delors.
0: It was a very grown up sandwich too. <laughs> yeah, it my mom mar- wouldn't it let was me mar- order it was, not a Happy Meal. So. It was marketed as I remember uh, Beanie Babies though. Yeah.
4: <laughs> no, it was, it was supposed to be uh, the McDonald's cheeseburger for grown ups. Yeah. <laughs> and it the thing that made it grown up was that they didn't dice the onions.
0: Didn't it have, like, some sort of adult sauce on it or something? <laughs> <laughs> you know, adult sauce. Yeah, it had semen on it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, God. it had mayonnaise and ketchup. But I know
1: that there. I just made that joke, but I yeah. just, like, hearing it come out of Andre's <laughs> mouth yeah. It's like, oh, my God. You yeah. can't <laughs> say that on
0: the radio. The difference was – the difference was uh, – it intentionally had jism on it, not, <laughs> not just a disgruntled employee. Oh no. no, but actually it did have mayonnaise. It had ketchup and mayonnaise, but I don't think it had mustard. Mm. I think I butter. do remember
1: the sandwich. And it had lettuce and tomato on it, which is different than the yeah. cheeseburger.
0: Yeah, it had like a full leaf of lettuce, like a, iceberg. a sheet of iceberg lettuce. It was so. a, a
4: giant financial failure
0: for them. Oh well, I liked it. So How anyway, is it a giant financial failure. We like we spent yeah all every money McDonald's on went bankrupt. It like That's they, why McDonald's not... doesn't exist. Well, they, anymore. they did spend
4: hundreds of millions of dollars marketing it, and yeah. then it was gone eighteen months later. That's great. Wow, wow,
0: I, mean, but I just, loved it. It tasted like good. All the Man, I wanted Arch Deluxe. It
2: seems like all the ingredients just like not chopped up. Is that right? Like yeah.
4: Well, no. They, they they there was a nicer bun. It was sort of a kind of a brioche bun, you know, and it was a larger patty. And, you know... The, and the patty
0: might have had some uh, spices or something in it. I see.
4: You know, it was supposed to be, like, a good burger. So that if you... You know, like, the the shitty burgers are for the little kids because they're too dumb to know the difference. And they just, you know, you just right. stuff some crap in their mouths so they shut up for a fucking second. And then... <laughs> just like
0: most Americans. God, I wish we could have seen don draper handle the arch deluxe account <laughs> that could have been when it ended when that's the failure and they're like you lost it you lost your touch son you're out your old stuff you failed you're done <laughs>
1: so okay We're closing Mad
0: madman Mad what the hell what was the name of their ad agency madman ad agency it's closed
1: <laughs> it's called sterling cooper draper price oh but then okay.
0: Price hung himself, so I'm like, whatever. Anyway,
1: so.
4: Oh, but what, I like your acronym <laughs> about the the Big Evil Architecture Firm because it spells out Beef. <laughs> it
1: totally does.
2: Yeah. <laughs> B E A F Associates.
1: <Yeah. laughs> okay, so I have like two more questions that I want to touch on. Um, it would be one... abbreviated
4: Beef Ass. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wait, is it the architecture school that they own? Right.
0: No, b- beef. Uh, associates. Associates,
1: little... associates. Associates. A, associates. Well, I want to know what your, like, dream project would be that you think is, like, good architecture <laughs> that's, like, good for society instead I, of well, all this stuff that is, like, bad as capitalist. I
2: actually don't think that architecture can be good for Society like, has built. Why are you doing I know, this? I know, and that's why I got into it. I, I know. So well, Wait, don't we need buildings to live in? We need buildings to build in, and,
4: like, some architecture... <laughs> that's what Tenter is for. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, so, some architecture is, like, less bad than others, and, um...
0: I, I you mean, just like, have I guess such a blasé attitude against this, this <laughs> thing that you
1: seem to like devote your life. To. It is no, but because We've
0: now expanded the I don't hate this universe <laughs> <laughs> to now have, have uh, a self-hating yeah. architect. Right? Yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah, exactly. A self-hating <laughs> filmmaker and artists. But but I I,
2: I guess I I think that like uh, you have you still have agency as an architect, but it doesn't come from um, you know. Uh, it doesn't come from the product of your labor, so to speak. It comes from your position as a labor. So uh, your
4: decision, whether or not to participate in certain kinds of things, exactly. Like, like we were saying about Zaha Hadid, you know, choosing to like, ex- to take
0: all the money and get all the contracts right. and never build anything. But to
4: expend some of her uh, capital as a, you know, like a feminist icon in certain ways, or like an anti-imperialist icon to, to legitimize the uh, efforts of the Qatar uh, World Cup, which it's was... Despicable. Yeah, they were yeah. they were responsible for thousands of uh, unnecessary and, deaths.
2: And, you know, it's, it's maybe like Ghosh to speak Hill of the dead, but like she did not handle that situation well at all. And she, it's which is really disappointing because she is such a progressive figure in so many ways, and she used to have in her early career anyway a very radical set of politics that has totally disappeared as she's become, uh, you know, Starkitect. And, uh, oh, she was a Starkitect. Yeah, she's Stone dead now. Yeah, and, uh, she's still dead. <laughs> true. But her her partner unfortunately <laughs> lives on, and he's he's really evil. He's this guy named Patrick Schumacher, um, and he's taken over. Uh, ZHA architects, and he's the kind of worst libertarian-like techno futurist asshole. And uh, yeah, if you really want to be infuriated, just like look up any words that he's ever said. Uh, like he, he says things that are like he he. They designed a city plan for. I forget. They, they were commissioned by some, I think, Middle Eastern government. Were they
0: behind the people that are like, we're going to man-make an island, it's going to be a palm tree because no. we in the Middle East? <laughs> no,
2: but uh, it's, a, it's a similar sort of idea, the, this project. And and so they fed all of this data into whatever that means. And like, all this data came out. into an algorithm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and like this wibbly-wobbly city came out, and everyone was like, this is terrible. What is this shit? And he was like, you cannot critique this. It was made by an algorithm. It is... <laughs> (laughs) above critique. And he's, like, oh, he's a really smart guy by all accounts, and, like, that is, like, just a patently bullshit argument that, like, a 12-year-old with any know-how could tear That's apart. The... Right, it's because like saying
4: a... you can't criticize Ebola because it was, right. like, people weren't involved in creating it. Yeah, well, you exactly. know, it's still a bad idea.
2: Right. Well, and, like, and people created these algorithms, right? Like, there's still subjectivity built yeah. into, like, you know, the seeming the... objective process.
1: Well, it's also the... I can't wait for Watson to use yeah. this, like, as an excuse. He's going to have, like are yeah, with a human and be like I am yeah. a robot. You can't I He's, he, he's my gonna my start, actions. he's
4: gonna premiere some songs at an open <laughs> mic and <he's> for-
1: <laughs> I won on Jeopardy. You I can't I, I'm not, not interested a in what voice. you have to say about my songs. Right. That was a much more Watson-y but voice. I but I think
0: I think really what he's just, you're just uh, gonna get a slip of paper with like a number on it and then you'll just be instructed to go into this booth that he's uh, had built and it's just exterminating all humans yeah <laughs> but <laughs> yeah but we can't say it was a bad idea <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's, it's kind
3: of
2: Lefebvre's double image thing again right because mm-hmm. the Chick-fil-A thing was mm-hmm. about what we were talking about earlier where now they have a, a, an algorithm um, I have a friend who worked on it where they can you know type in some numbers and it pops out the latest freestanding Chick-fil-A design, the construction documents and everything and so like the double image is that you have this guy Patrick Schumacher who's legitimizing it and making it art and, and everything else and then you have some other asshole who's na- designing an algorithm Who's yeah, just pumping friend. out Chick-fil-A? <laughs> yeah. Some other asshole like me. Some your asshole Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But but and this is this is like you know part of why you know we still ha- we still have agency as architects right but it mm-hmm. it's it sh- it's it's really difficult to make it a, a moral thing because if if I you know if my friend his name's Jalen like stops designing Chick Fil A's and stops working on these it it, it doesn't really matter right but oh uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, it does I love Chick Fil A
2: but because well they'll just find you know they'll find someone else to to do it and yeah. eventually yeah. no one will even have to be a part of the process well and
0: I mean talk about chick-fil-a and having a building that embodies your uh moral yeah, belief system yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, you it's know
1: what okay the, to eat chick-fil-a the, again though they stopped
4: uh they stopped they hating stopped, gay people they yeah. stopped well they didn't maybe
1: stop hating it but they stopped giving money to people who hate like, gay people well you know what like, i think we should ask stop
4: ask publicly the, doing it yeah we should, we should yeah. ask the chickens to stop participating <laughs> in chick-fil-a
1: <laughs> that's what those cows keep saying oh
4: right <laughs>
0: No, the cows are saying, keep,
1: keep
4: going with the, yeah, going that's
0: with the chickens. Yeah. I, don't, <laughs> oh, I don't want to be an Arch <laughs> Deluxe. Everyone hates those. <laughs>
1: okay, and then I guess my Wait, other... I had, no, stop. Oh, okay, I have bye. one. Uh, Ugh, okay. What?
0: No, no it's on bad. It's on topic. I like. I mean, I like what you're saying where you, you can't critique this city. It's the algorithm, and it's the same uh, capitalist argument for art. Yeah. In the postmodern world, where you know all sort, sort of, uh, I guess I mean critiques never objective, but there used to be these other standards in place, and the the double edged sort of uh, postmodernism is like attacking those structures, but then also leaving everyone with like, well, if everything every is everyone's just opinion we still long for the subjective truth. So then that's where the market steps in. Right. And you have like the, the head of Sotheby's that was like, Oh, the market's the smartest thing. That's what knows what good art is. Which is, so. which is
2: bullshit. And the other thing too, is I, that it, you know, postmodernism also, uh, um, has given us the impression that all of our uh, efficacy as people who are opposed to that idea is, is to be found in, in good critique, which mm-hmm. is just not, I mean, that's part of the, the puzzle, but it's not the whole picture, right? I mean, you have to, um, like, uh, which is what I was kind of saying earlier, if, if John quit this, you know, Chick-fil-A thing, then it doesn't matter because someone else would take his place but if you're like if you seriously think about your labor and your labor politics and you're able to organize and collectivize and a whole shop is able to walk out right like then this is something that actually has a power and an agency and Postmodernism doesn't like that. Postmodernism in in all fields is about kind of monetizing critique or at least letting critique be a kind of safety valve um, in place of of exercising your agency like that. Mm. And so, uh, you know, in in the art world, so this is what what I do, you know, in my labor advocacy work as an architect. And we, we work with some uh, art groups who do the same thing, who talk about artist labor as, as a source of power and agency. And so, like, there's a, the Gulf Artists Coalition who did a lot of really good work around um, the Guggenheim, and they were, like, right. far more effective than kind of moralistic appeals to Zaha Hadid. Um, they actually they did some stuff.
0: Yeah. They shut down Guggenheim and yeah. became visible. Yeah. They made it visible. The situation. So there's uh,
4: two elements. It isn't just an, an existential question of deciding for yourself what your values are, because you have to do that. But you also have to uh, reach out and create communities of people who uh, agree with each other. And then on a third step, you have to take this community of people who agree and go out and change the world. Yeah.
2: But it's I think it's I think it's actually cyclical though like I, or those things feed on each other because um, you can't uh, I don't think that you can like build a consensus of people who, who uh, agree with each other and then go do a thing like the the process of kind of fighting these systems and. Um, is is what creates that consensus in the first place. So, you know, in our work, we get a lot of people with the architectural lobby, this labor advocacy group, we get a lot of architects who are like, I signed up for this thing and architects get paid like shit and we have to work ridiculous hours. It's not what I thought it was. And they join to kind of, with with the idea that they might reclaim some kind of past mystique of uh, the gentlemanly architect, which we're not interested in. But it's nice that they, you know, get involved and become a part of the conversation and then when we start having conversations about the way that the industry is structured which is really not all that different from the way that the art world and art market works then you know they they just kind of expand their consciousness and and uh, everything else but it's through that kind of process of getting out there like you know putting on weird events and, and panels and then sometimes the occasional protest and whatnot that they kind of disabuse themselves of the idea of like, oh, I just want to go back to the 1950s when architects had all the money in and, and, uh cultural uh, cachet. Like Mies. Like Mies, yeah. They just want to be like Mies. Like Mike. But it, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: but in the there was only one Mies, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, weren't there tons of architects then, too, that didn't have any money?
2: Uh, I don't know, yeah, but... I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I th- I think it was always it was a much more privileged. Actually, no. You architects were, were less architect. Archite- there were less architects, and they were much more well off. So, like, one of the big things is that, uh, or they're yeah, they were much more well off, and there's structural reasons at play.
0: Can so, this be traced to some sort of BFA MFA equivalent of <laughs> architecture that well, overproduced these?
4: Yes, they've the same
0: way that now we have all these you know useless artists that. No one, no one, there's, like no job, there's no jobs, there's no jobs for us to go express ourselves. Architecture fluctuates, <laughs> opening for lot. some yeah. emotions that need to be. I
2: mean, it's really hard to become an architect, and they're actually mm-hmm. trying to open up the doors to the profession uh, right now um, because they have a big workforce problem. Because, yeah, you have to go to school for like six or seven years. And then you have to work for a minimum of three years. But usually it takes four or five. Before you get Before you can, then you have to sit for an exam. And you have to take, uh, now it's seven, it's about to be five exams, which are expensive. And you never pass all of them the first time. And it takes like, it takes months to take all the exams too, right? So it
4: sounds like you have about a decade of lead time to figure out that there's an employment crisis once you get to the end of it. Yes, yeah. So uh, people must drop out.
2: Yeah, and, and the retention rate I- at every step is horrible, um, so a lot of people who come into school wanting to be architects drop, um, you know, I think when I started undergraduate we had like 140 students, by the time I was done we had 40 who, who graduated and then uh and then it just keeps going right i mean then the next then of
0: those 40s they have to they have to go to the next yeah then the
2: next step of grad school takes a lot of people out of the equation then the next step of working takes a lot of people out of the equation and at every step right like all of the larger issues of society make themselves manifest so you know
4: so it becomes less diverse less progressive because it's hard the people who have advantages those advantages are multiplied every time there's a step. Exactly. And then you end up with the people who manage to get to the end are the the worst people in the world and Weird Al Yankovic.
2: Exactly. Yeah. That's a, yeah, exactly. So, my
0: god, what if he was a parody
2: architect?
3: <laughs> <laughs> there's
2: a guy named James Wines who's effectively yeah. architecture's Weird Al Yankovic and he's yeah. he's fantastic. Weird
4: Al he, Yankovic is architecture's Weird Al. Yankovic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What does he do? Uh, he, he has like... He, does he purposely make buildings fall down? <laughs> well, kind, <laughs> kind of.
2: Almost. No, it almost just, looks like that. He makes these
0: like satirical Renzo piano buildings. They're like...
2: Well, he would... He designed... I think he actually... Speaking of McDonald's, I think he has a building called Floating McDonald's where he like basically exploded, you know, the kind of typical 90s Mc, freestanding McDonald's building into like this steel sculpture. <laughs> and it's a functioning McDonald's too. It, oh, that's um, so good. So, yeah and he did a lot of kind of pop uh buildings like this where he would work for these kind of strange clients and he would be like let me you know mess with your weird building type don't
4: buildings like that need that kind of intervention more than other kinds of buildings just because they're the initial feeling that you get when you encounter an incredibly overproduced commercial space is ugh, another one of these
2: yeah and i i think uh it's funny because the the word iconic gets thrown around a lot Mm -hmm. in architecture and um Everyone, an iconic McDonald's. Yeah, and everyone really always cool. thinks that it's either everyone is either like uh most architects think it's the worst thing, but nevertheless when you're talking to a client, you're like, "Oh, here's this iconic building because the client's want iconic buildings." And uh, but but when you're like in a sea of icons, then like it you doesn't. Just don't, you don't want an ubiquitous yeah. building. Yeah, because
4: then it's iconic the way that icons work in like a, a video game, like in a side <laughs> scroller, where the icon <laughs> is just the infinitely reproducible <laughs> rectangle of of this thing that you don't have to think about when you look at it.
3: Well, but you mo- want
1: you want an icon like a Byzantine icon, yeah. like some kind of worship. Not object. an icon
0: like Mario. <laughs> but yeah, is there any movement to save any of those buildings? Because I'm thinking about. Like, like a uh,
4: 1981 Taco Bell. Was but, yeah, the
0: hacienda style Taco Bell is yeah. threatened. I can think of <laughs> <who's>... <laughs> in the wild. Yeah, I can the... think of three in the city, two of which. Gotta talk to were... John
1: Vinci about the historic preservation <laughs> of these. So... Two of
0: which were, uh, one was a car insurance, and the other one was uh, Peter Francis Dracy, <laughs> <laughs> and the third one was my That's a my Taco thing. Bell. Um, which my Taco Bell is being torn down. I say my Taco Bell cause it's in my neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and it has been and torn cause he down. cause patronized it quite, <laughs> quite frequently. It's like I, my Winnipeg. <laughs> my Island. Um, so I've been, you know, eagerly waiting for it to be completed and it's, you know, it's a completely, did you just take a screenshot?
1: <laughs> I took a picture and the picture sound was on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, <laughs> Sorry, you know it's it's a it's the mod it actually it looks like the taco bell i swear to god the new taco bell's being built they watch demolition man and we're like we actually want to have the chic taco bell from demolition man
2: yeah i, I mean i think there there's some architects who care about banality like that it's a. Yeah. Uh, there's a group called Docomomo, which is like a preservation group for modern architecture, uh-huh. and they're increasingly turning their eye to postmodernism. Cause it's kind of like a reviled style, or at least out of fashion um, amongst uh, m- most architects. I, I quite than, like it, but other the,
0: than the uh, the infamous Chippendale on top of the AT and T building, uh-huh. uh, what what's another postmodern?
2: Philip Johnson uh, has done a lot of different. Because he did that buildings. one, right? He did that like one. He, did the, the he also thing. he's done some. Is that building still there? French? He... Yeah, it's still there. He did like some French chateau-looking skyscrapers in Atlanta. He's got one of. Is building. the
4: new museum a, um, a postmodern building?
2: There's the. Uh, right. No. The new, museum?
4: the new museum in in uh, Manhattan. The the white uh, stack of irregular rectangles. Oh stack no!
2: Of that's by sort of. Sana, I think so it's the architecture firm. No, that's 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 something. That's next. That's next. That's I'll after think. postmodernism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I
4: didn't think there was something after postmodernism. There's always It's, it's different yeah. in
0: architecture. Mm. And ar- right. architecture has
2: gone through like five different self-declared movements since. Uh, yeah, you
0: know. yeah. The art world—we're still. We just well, stopped saying postmodernism. We're just the art world now is in what's called contemporary art. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was after postmodernism.
0: Yeah. Or, you know, just like contemporary, like it's now. It's just
1: happening mm. now. Yeah, no architects
0: Like right now. No, well, no. Ten years from now, it'll be then. <laughs> but it, it, what are we gonna fucking call it?
1: Also, most of it's from already fifty yeah. years ago. I, know.
0: I like the idea though that contemporary art will be a thing of the past. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, and then what are they gonna like? What are they gonna call art being made now? Like in England, they'll still... call
1: it now. <laughs>
0: contemporary now, revival. Yeah. Now that's what I call
2: it. Yes. Uh, but like at least in England, they <laughs> call it so just make volumes. Now that's what I
1: call volume. Yes.
2: Contemporary Art been. Volume 93.
1: Uh,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: no. All right. Okay. Um, so I have like one final kind of thing mm-hmm. to wrap up on. Cause then I gotta go. Um, <laughs> but part of the reason why we wanted to have you on the show is because we have frequently talked about how architecture is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, this wasn't very boring. I was interested, and I hope everyone else <laughs> yeah. was. Good. But um, when I was telling you why I thought architecture was boring, I said because when we were like studying it in art history, like the only thing I knew about architecture was like what an apse and a nave was, and like looking at the plans for Monticello, and <laughs> that's like the only thing I ever learned about architecture. So, like, what what should artists be learning about architecture, and like, why is it not boring?
2: Well, I, I think you you have to like uh, give it the same kind of attention as as looking and analyzing a piece of of art, but it's kind of with a different uh, way of looking. So, like instead of looking for symbolism or uh, I don't know, some I don't I don't know what what do you guys look for in art? I don't even know.
1: Goodness, Goodness not badness. Not I'm badness.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like there's cats, dogs. <laughs> because <laughs> because <laughs> it's like such a, a an economic uh, an economically intensive like endeavor as I was saying, like, there's, there's really interesting ways that you can read power and mm-hmm. society's movements and ideas and how they've transformed through time and their people's value structures. Um, and so you can kind of start to read yeah. the subtle ways in which those things are reflected in a building. And, um, you know, maybe it, it tells you something. That's, I mean, that's why I got, I got mm-hmm. interested in it. I got interested in it as a kind of, like, you know, historical and theoretical way of looking at the world. Um, and uh you know the more you learn about how things go together and how kind of weird, it, if you just like look at buildings, they're so they're so fucking weird. Like nothing, like nothing ever makes sense. Like I've never looked at a building and been like, oh yeah, I get it. Like that's yeah, that's like like there's no such thing as like a, just a normal building. Like even if even if you're looking at like a ticky tacky like suburban tract home like those are those are thoroughly fascinating if you just like take the time to to look at them like banal architecture is, is is awesome and like and and you know even something like a cathedral is is fantastic um and the and and everything right well I mean, what like- is
1: like what is fascinating about them like what is weird about like I'm thinking about like like a house you know like the kind that you draw when you're a child that's just a box with a triangle on the top of it and then like some windows and door yeah. you know what? what is it about actual buildings that is totally bizarre that's not just a box with I- a triangle on it <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, i don't understand your question
2: yeah i don't really either
1: <laughs> i don't <laughs> it was very <laughs> i'm just saying like you know you're
0: like what is it that's not bizarre about
1: like why why is something functional yeah like well,
0: just like think about it this like so
2: every time you look at a brick building that looks somewhat recent it's like it's it's a fucking lie that's yeah. that's interesting. Well, that's like, what I was asking you. <laughs> because uh... it's it's not made of brick. It's right. It's, yeah, that was the question a, I it's had. A veneer of brick that they panelize in a factory somewhere, and then they just like like glue it onto the side
4: of a wooden building.
2: <laughs> of a of a wooden building or a concrete a cinder block building. Yeah, most most of the time. That's fucking weird. That's super interesting. Yeah. It's not right? I yeah, don't that's know. what that, yeah, that that I was just asking. No, 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 to, uh, no. no, no. That totally is <laughs>
0: interesting. they are surrounded by lying that, like...
4: buildings all the time. Yeah, everything's He alive. lied to me through architecture. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but that's what I, I mean. That's what I was one of the things I wanted to ask you or that, that we I brought up when we were like first yeah, chatting was like, uh, is is there really building? Like, our skyscrapers just full of plywood? Like because you know like because yeah. i see these buildings being constructed and i'm like surely they're not just leaving that pink styrofoam in yeah. there and then they just like yeah they just staple bricks to it <laughs> <laughs> like the taco bell that i was that i was uh building no no that's why <laughs> that's my thing with door. your hopes and dreams yeah, uh, Taco
4: Bell, had... the walls in a Taco Bell are actually filled with sour cream. <laughs> <laughs> also,
1: Eric single-handedly, like, uh, funded this Taco yeah. Bell reconstruction with his with patronage. Of Taco
0: um, well, but, uh, like yeah, it had these parts where I'm like, oh, I guess they're just painting it purple. Like <laughs> no, it's, you know? a, it's a miracle
2: that anything stands. Like when you like go to an arch- if you like sit in an architecture office for long enough and like listen to the conversations that happen and like all of the coordination failures and fuck ups between all the engineers and everything else, and how many people are just like involved just in the design. I mean, like even a really simple building of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people involved just in the design um, mm-hmm. let alone construction, it's a, it's a, it's a freaking miracle that anything <laughs> happens. Like really, it's really amazing. It's like, it gives me a lot of faith in like the hive mind of humanity that like we can do these things. But like in, in this day and age, uh, architectural systems, they're all, it's like, uh, IKEA furniture, like everything mm-hmm. is flat packed and about shipping and everything else. So you have just these kind of really flimsy layers that add up to a building so you'll have like a, you know usually the they highly engineer the bones right um the which concrete or steel in, in a big building wood in a small building and then everything else is just a kind of series of appliques right so like you know oh you need to like keep the building um from getting too high or cold so here's you know yeah some pink insulation then you need to keep it dry so here's a here's a water barrier you, you need to control the humidity. Here's an air barrier. Then, oh, you need to make it look like, you know, Americana. So here's a veneer of brick. Like, and then it just kind of, it's which I, you know, I really, I really don't. I like that. And then it needs to what look like a haunted like, house. So here's yeah. some spider webs. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well,
4: mean, what would you like? I mean, I, Do you I want I, it
1: to be made just like pink, like pink insulation <laughs> on the outside. Well,
2: yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it should be like. Uh, I feel like it should be synthetic. Um, I, f- you know, if you think about the, I, I think thinking about architecture and buildings as kind of like uh, clothing is a really apt metaphor. So, um, you know, there's that one onion headline it was like a, a heavily starched shirt is the only thing keeping Larry King upright, which, you know, <laughs> which is hilarious, but if you think about like an old brick building, uh, it's like, you know, it's like a heavily starched shirt, like it's la- holding Larry King upright. It's, it's like solid and, you know, it's one thing. But now what we have is basically just like a bunch of uh, sheer garments that you wear in the winter and you, you keep adding them up until you get something. Um, but, like,,
4: uh... but if you were to build uh, homes, for yeah. example, out of stone, yes, then it would greatly increase because the cost, right? because the you would have to pay an enormous amount of money to transport this incredibly heavy stone. Right. And you would have to have it all shaped by professional masons. And it, it changes the eco- economics of it, the building. It right
2: does. Now. It does. But in a particular way. So, I mean, there's a reason why we have so many like grey stones in Chicago. And it's because there's there's like several quarries uh, yeah. of, of limestone that are in the city limits. And, um, you know, this is actually like a much more sustainable thing in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I was just well, thinking or... that.
0: Is there like a sort of hipster Movement of architecture where they're like it's going to be locally sourced sourced quarry, and then instead of drywall, we're going to do the slats with with the plaster. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Well, I mean, no, Uh, the way that they do this is they just make a building as airtight as possible and kind of have all these highly engineered, you know, sheathing systems. That's what they literally call it, like sheathing systems that that try to make it a hermetically sealed bubble. Mm -hmm as much as is possible so that the air from the outside doesn't mix with the air from the inside and the heat transfer between through the wall is, is minimal. So like that's the most hipster thing to do to like hermetically seal yourself uh, away thermally.
4: Uh, um, Which um, is that's... also, it's, it's exactly entire... what Brooklyn's like now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: My brother took an entire class about heat transfer in engineering yeah.
2: school. It's a, uh, I had to also, uh, but yeah, with we had a really terrible professor for it too, mm-hmm. um, but he. So, yeah, actually, here's a really good story. This is kind of a tangent. I don't know if we have any time left, but
1: no, this could be the last. Time.
2: Okay, this is a really a final thought. Because I like think it. that this is, thought, is a really yeah. interesting story. Of. Yeah, no, I like it so, the story. Yeah. So, um, there's a, there's a, a a unit of thermal comfort. Uh, so, if you think about when you're making air condition, or when when people are making air conditioning systems, they have to make an assumption about how many how much clothes people are wearing um, to be yeah. able to size the equipment properly. Uh, so there's there, they had or to, or if they have umbrellas, right? <laughs> or if they have umbrellas, so they had to invent a unit in the 1950s so they could size uh, HVAC equipment properly. And they're actually it's tied in with the military industrial complex too, because it wasn't just about uh, heating and cooling buildings, but it was about keeping fighter or fighter pilots and uh, bomber pilots who are in unpressurized cockpits, um, mm-hmm. you know, warm. So they invented this unit called the Clo. And the clo is a measure of how many clothes you're wearing uh, and the thermal insulation of those clothes. And so um, what's really fucked up is that one clo is equal to one American businessman's suit. So fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and so I
1: have like yeah. half a clo. Yeah, a clo- yeah, and
2: at. you can yeah. literally add it up. So there's like literally, um, you know, textbooks, and you can look up the clo table, and it's like, okay, well, underwear is point zero five clo. Like, you know, wool pants are .3 clo. Is that where Uniqlo comes from? <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's, it's it's one clo. Yeah, and so this wouldn't be super problematic, and uh, until it's. Uh, designed
0: into the standards right so that's so hilarious because they were a bunch of men smoking cigarettes around a table in the 1950s and they're like what's thing one thing that's common between all of us and they're like and something that will never ever change. Well, everybody wears a suit, so yeah. <laughs> it didn't
4: even occur to them that the secretary who was typing down their notes was wearing less clothing than they were.
2: Yeah, or if it did, they just did not care. Uh,
0: they thought it to I be think, as bit of an affair yardstick. The advantage. secretary typing their notes did not occur to them. <laughs> 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 but but yeah, this also just idea that that they're like, well, that's never going to change. Yeah, we're well, all, I'm always going to you know because it because the suit is also it's your boxers, it's the uh, the garters holding your your socks up, and then it's also that you surely have some kind of undershirt under your button-down shirt, right? With your tie, and these and would have your... been a wool suit, right? As yeah, a wool suit, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And, and not uh, polyester,
4: not silk, not yeah. linen. Not... So it's Jesus it's
2: outdated Christ. even as far as like uh, despicable privilege white men go today. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's but but yeah, it's really it's really fucking interesting. So because like everything it's still, is just measured in it's like still fractions in the standard, a... yeah. Because you could, I mean, it could just become a a, a arbitrary yardstick, right? Yeah. But it's still built into the standards. So when you're sizing heating uh, and cooling equipment, it's still based off of one clo. Assuming that you're going to be wearing one clo for nine, seven, eight, nine months out of the year. Um, it should you're be not. one
1: clo should be just one. underwear, and then women <laughs> would have an advantage because they have more underwear usually. But this... <laughs> well, on top. They usually have less underwear below.
0: It might even out, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, this the amount of material. Um, so, but I, that I,
1: was actually, the, it, there was an article in the New York Times about over-air-conditioned offices yeah. right. and that it was but... because of patriarchy. And yeah. I got to feel so indignant about it. Also because men have higher, like, just natural blood, not... Body temperature. Body temperature, thank right. you. yeah um, than women. I read that article and wear more yeah. clothes. Yeah. I read We're that article
2: too, but and I thought where it was lacking was they, they didn't talk about the clo because this is really important. If he, otherwise, it's just this kind of, you know, who has control of the thermostat thing. Yeah. But these these systems go so much deeper to the point where they're ingrained in like the code of a building, in the math that builds the building, in the math and it which seems so objective because you would have no way of knowing this backstory. Unless you were, like, yeah. a hyper-nerd like me who saw this footnote in this, like, you know, textbook and did a little bit of research. And like, like wicked what <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And it's like, this is fucked up. Someone has to know about this. Like, uh, yeah. let's get on a podcast and talk about it. Yeah. Oh, yes. Everybody listen up. Listen up
1: right now. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it, it'll turn into this thing, like, like rule of thumb that goes back to, like, you know, you can beat your wife with the thickness of your thumb. Right. And you're like, that's what? so that's called That's called a... a th- Therm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. that is you know that the is the where the phrase rule of thumb comes yeah. from. It's some old, you know, uh Hammurabi eye for an eye. Oh
1: god. Oh man. Jeez. So that's like
0: the the larger batman could be the beat rabbit beat, gold beat, gold. um could use a more uh a larger instrument to yeah. beat their wife with. <laughs> uh.
2: It's awful. But if you, I mean, you asked me like what my ideal, like, I don't know, architecture would be, and it would just be kind of art and conversations and architecture Mm -hmm. that is uh, hopefully exposing these sorts of weird things, because in in the way that power structures and patriarchy and all these different things end up in buildings, which we rely on for everything.
0: What's your favorite kind of building? What's my favorite kind yeah, of building? The other, that—that's that, what I thought she meant when she was like, "What's your favorite kind of architecture?" Like, <laughs> that's not what I meant. Restaurant? I meant the yeah. step part. Yeah. yeah. Well,
4: like, mine, like mine... a big building. Yeah. Or like What's a your... small building. Like if you're just like I could
0: like, I only get one building or I, I can only build one building. What would it be?
2: I have no idea. I've I've like I have no idea. I've never given it any
4: thought. You ever think you might want to build a
2: library? Uh, I would like to. I would like the like to Obama build a library. library. Yeah. <laughs> Are you throwing your hat into the proverbial <laughs> ring along with yeah, Evil evil Renzel piano?
0: If they're willing to hire an unlicensed architecture. Uh, <laughs> That's a, that sounds, as a Republican, that yep. sounds like something Obama would do. He would hire an illegal architect. <laughs> yeah. you, you should see
4: if you can match with them on Tenter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Kiefer, thank you for exposing all of the nefarious things that are hidden in our systems and... I hope yeah. to for, for
0: exposing the underlying structures. Yeah,
1: and... and thank you for forcing us to talk yeah. about architecture, Thanks because for we would me. never have yeah. otherwise. Yeah, we thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> it. Yeah, and I learned a lot. Yeah. Good, good. Um, thank you for having me. Yes. Is really there fun. how is there things you'd like to plug, like, yeah. and or like ways people can follow your stuff? You
2: can find me on that uh, Twitter. Twitter keyfordun. Um, if you are an architect listening to this and you want to get involved in like labor activism and trying to get a union together for architects, you can find the architecture lobby, uh, on the internet.
0: And I guess that's it. Do you yeah. have Google on your and computer. And he's had yeah. his yeah. third pun of the day. <laughs> the architecture lobby. That's right. Yeah, it's oh, not a yes. real lobby. It's yeah,
2: but that's it. <laughs> we should hold
1: meetings in, inside the modern yeah. room. Just like in the in Griffin court. Yeah. Um, Thank you for listening to I Don't Hate This. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at I Don't Hate This and also Twitter and also Facebook, I Don't Hate This Pod or something. Dot Facebook.com. I don't know how that works. Um, and you... most
0: importantly, our website, I Don't Hate This, which is I Don't Hate Th. Is.
1: <laughs> I Don't Hate Th. Is. Um, thank you to Andre Kello of the Callow Media Empire. Please follow mm-hmm. other Callow Media Empire projects, including. The podcast Noisy Ghost hosted by Eleanor Russell and Fucking Delightful with Asia Saunders who we had as a guest on our game episode. Thanks again you guys. Yeah. Great. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. This world divides us from two different sides But this wall's
3: not real How can it be real? It's only made of concrete and barbed wire. Concrete and barbed wire. Concrete and barbed wire. wire. It's only made.